0: All right, welcome back to another episode. I'm really excited for who we have joining us tonight. Um, I've been looking at his work now for probably the last six months um, by accident and then getting really into it. So, welcome uh, Dylan Lewis Monroe. He is an American artist currently based in Cincinnati. He studied fashion design at the Parsons School of Design in New York City, where he later collaborated with several fashion houses, including Mark Jacobs, Hugo Boss, Derek Lamb, and Coach. Since 2014, Dylan has been focused on fine art and its application to his own vision of fashion. In 2017, Dylan began the Deep State Mapping Project in response to the changing political climate in America. His Q-Web diagram spread virally across the dark web in 2018, becoming a worldwide phenomenon. It was published by the Metropolitan Museum of Art for the exhibit, Everything is Connected, in September 2018. Dylan is currently the administrator of the deepstatemappingproject.com and the Instagram account at dsmp.official. Lately, he has been touring through tr- truth and metaphysical-related conventions, speaking, and exhibiting the Deep State Mapping Project. Welcome, Dylan. How are you tonight?
1: I'm good. Thanks for having me. Not so many
0: expos since COVID, but right. would love to get back to that. So I'm just going to start with where we are right now, which is in, uh, at the end of the lockdowns. I, how, how are the lockdowns in Ohio? How, how has that been for you in Ohio?
1: It's been definitely different. I mean, I was used to going to restaurants and clubs, and that's all. That's all pretty much over now. I mean, restaurants have come back somewhat, but the you know when the masks became mandatory, that's when it got serious. Because I I was fine with wearing masks up until the mandate, and then all of a sudden it became very icky, mm-hmm. and I did, don't like doing that in grocery stores. And you know, I see everyone around me is wearing a mask, so. <laughs> Actually, what I just—the latest thing for Deep State Mapping Project—is this mask exemption notice and card set that I was actually just putting up on my website before I jumped on this Zoom. And that's my sort of answer to it: is to have a series of actually five different cards to exempt you from having a mask for various reasons. And I've actually switched to a face shield, but it, it, the whole world is different. I mean, it's not just Ohio, but we're all on this new. World Economic Forum, you know, plan for the 21st century, which nobody really likes except for, you know, whoever constructed it, I guess, like these technocracy people way up high, high, like Bill Gates and the the Swissies. But yeah. that's where we're at. So,
0: well, I'm I'll not sure you, when
1: we're gonna get pulled out of it.
0: I didn't think it was going, you know, I, I was hoping in the beginning, this was just going to be a, a month or two. And then it turns out to be this whole, I think, psyop and uh, ritual and for 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 us that are awakened or semi-awakened, we're we're hip to the game. I I've always fought the mask. I never. The only time I've worn the mask is to go to like Publix or something, the grocery store, where it's absolutely essential. I have to go in and get out, and I have to wear it. I I usually wear it pulled down, my nose exposed. Um, we're we're in Florida, so luckily we have a governor and we have mayors here that are very uh, lenient. And, and and recently the governor said, you know. You, the, you can't mandate on the people the mask anymore here. So we're lucky in Florida, not so lucky if you're in New York or California. Is, is Ohio, is Cincinnati a, a red or a blue city?
1: Well, like most places, the major cities in Ohio are blue within the city area and then the entire rest of the state is red. And our governor is a Republican who doesn't agree with Trump. So it's a very interesting position, but mm-hmm. he did issue that mandate and I don't think it's been struck down yet.
0: Well, so very few businesses are refusing to comply. Well, that's good. Um, I think the other thing we have in common right now is our our accounts being heavily censored. Uh, I've, I've noticed you've been censored. Uh, a lot of a lot of other accounts that are in this the Truther movement or what's been recent, which which has been scary, is the Great Awakening. That's been that that hashtag has been blocked, and then the people. That uh, are supporting 5D consciousness and uh, bringing truth to the, the people and exposing COVID and the deep state and the New World Order. All those accounts have been deplatformed, shut down, blocked, um, minimized, and uh, and I think you've obviously. I mean, Instagram is basically worthless for both of us right right now.
1: Well, I, I'm i hoping that I've saved my Instagram for the most part. Uh, my entire Facebook presence was deleted as of last Saturday, Ooh. which was my main profile. Um, two groups for Deep State Mapping Project, my page for Deep State Mapping Project, a page for my YouTube channel, New Templars. And I even had a second profile um, under a different email address that I originally created to send myself gifts in Farmville back in 2010 but I was using it these days to do a little espionage and have a backup account should anything happen to my primary one. It all disappeared on Saturday. And then when I saw QAnon posted articles in the mainstream media two days ago, just officially saying that Facebook is coming after all these accounts and all these specific hashtags, I had a day where I literally spent probably four hours going through my entire Instagram profile from the past three years and deleting everything that was related to QAnon, related to Trump, related to Great Awakening, hashtags. So pretty much all that's left now on my Instagram profile is aliens, um, crystals, Ashtar, channeling. And so it's a very different vibe. If you go to dsmp.official on Instagram now, it's gonna be very different from what it was just a few days ago. And I mean, it definitely looks more positive, but right. you know, I'm, I'm not one of these 100% love and lighters. You know, I do like to shed light on the darkness and expose what really needs to be exposed and warn people about what they need to be warned about. So I'm not sure where it's going to go in the future on Instagram. Like, as I was deleting everything, I was thinking, well, gee, if I'm going to delete everything, what's the point of even having this platform if I'm not going to have any free speech on it? But, you know, that is where I have the largest number of subs. I'm at 27K on Instagram right now. And, you know, that's very significant for me and it's significant for my business. And I was relying heavily on that feature in Instagram. Once you get to 10,000, you can do swipe up to advertise a product in your story and then send people directly to a link. And what's really hurting me right now is that my entire URL, deepstatemathingproject.com, has been censored from being shared on Instagram in any format whether it's a DM, whether it's a caption or a swipe up feature, I cannot post the URL to my website anywhere, which I didn't even know that was possible, but I guess it is. So I'm having to sort of think of creative ways to circumvent that.
0: Yeah, it's been, I did the same thing uh, a few days ago. I went back and I, uh, my, my hash, my entry into really talking about QAnon and conspiracy stuff, because I've been a truther for 20 years, but I kind of keep, I kind of kept that secret and then coronavirus just blew that open i'm like okay you know what here here i am this is the truth let's just let it out let's talk about it and so i went back to about end of february where i started just just bombing the shit out of everybody with these things I, I either deleted the post if it was flagged or it was fat checked or i took all the i took the caption and i took the uh hashtags out because the hashtags were killing me adrena mm-hmm. chrome the great awakening um, even the sun was blocked for a while hashtag s-u-n but yeah, I, was, I heard about that. That's pretty weird. It's been, a, yeah, it's been a crazy six, seven months. So um, for those that don't know, I've been studying you now for a couple of months and especially the past week running up to this interview. And one of the most interesting things I find about your posters are especially the, the Q web. And uh, I guess sometimes it's the, I guess the energy, no, it's the healing web. I see a lot of these, these come up in Instagram posts and it's like, oh, schizo post incoming, you know? because there's so much information on there. And it's, it's always like when I'm on acid or something, I'm always online and I'm finding people that are putting this kind of information out there. Now, at first, when I first saw the, the COVID poster and the QMAP, I'm like, wow. Like, I didn't see a lot of spirituality in it. At first, I'm like, this is like, at first, I'm like, if anybody looks at this, is like all full of fear stuff. It's like gonna scare the shit out of you and take you into a dark space. So I was like, wow, I wonder who this guy is. And as I started to research you, I'm like, wow, this guy's actually one of the most high vibing individuals I've ever researched because you're channeling. Thank stuff. You. <laughs> you. And, and, the, and you're, a, you're pro uh, Trump, which I think is a good thing. I'm pro Trump, but we, can't, we haven't been able to talk about it for years. I think finally, we've been able to talk about it in a little bit more open form and not be as afraid of being canceled or um, uh, shamed or and, and what, what's really bothering me is we're all getting deleted or blocked over and over again, and people still aren't believing it. I'm like, well, why, would, why would they want to delete these things if it was, uh, you know, if it was just a joke, it was all, all this for a LARP. So it's been very frustrating, even in the face of all these things being brought into the light and everybody's accounts being deleted, that people are just still that asleep. So um, uh, yeah, again, your work is, I look at it now, and I've, I've been looking at the lines and the art, and it's just a beautiful thing. And when you get into your stuff, it's not just about uh, the New World Order and the Cult of Bald and the, and the Adrenochrome and the dark stuff. It's all about bringing this stuff into the light, exposing it and showing, how, showing the history. That's that has been the interesting thing for me. I've learned a lot from looking at your stuff. You took a lot of these conspiracies that I normally grazed the surface of, and by following your arrows and uh, digging up just a little bit deeper, and you had some great links, by the way, Everybody needs to go check out uh, DeepStateMappingProject.com and go to the links, look at all the posters. He's got aq key. Q-Keym, he's got a COVID map, he's got a healing web, he's got an energy map, he's got a, a cult of, you say, you say Baal, I say ball. I don't know which Either is. The, one, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I never knew how to pronounce it, but and the Sephiroth, The and, and another thing I found, people need to go read this, by the way. There's something on your link page, it's called The Golden Dawn. And that was one of the most amazing, you didn't write that one, but that was one of the most amazing things. And I'm so thankful you saved that because I went searching for the original one and it's gone.
1: Oh, that doesn't surprise me. But yeah, the the original one was a little bit hard to find. And it was in two different sections too. There was a part one and part two that were on different websites. So I thought that that was an important enough document to put on my own website, just to have a record of it and make it easy for people to find both parts in one place. And yeah, no, it's not by me. Some people do get confused, like why I'm hosting it on my site. It's but just, it just so good. Really yeah, felt like someone that was really tuned in. And
0: really? I listened
1: to one interview of that guy on some radio show, a podcast, and he was just a normal guy that got this sort of moment of divine inspiration where he just saw this whole plan. And it's not necessarily the official plan, but it sounds like a
0: very realistic possibility. Maybe well, a little bit hopeful, but. <laughs> well, well, I know that you are uh, looking at your maps. You, you have more information than I even have. And I thought I, I thought I had a pretty good view of the puzzle. Like you really complete the puzzle for me. And then this golden dawn really is like the cherry on top. And what was really interesting for me about the golden dawn uh, piece of information that I was reading was a couple days before I found this information, I was really going back and forth with targeted individuals. People have people always contact me saying they're targeted individuals. I look at them and I go to their profiles and I'm like, well, you're on meth or you're a schizo or, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like I'm not, not, not to judge too harshly, but you know, I've done drugs uh, of that nature and they tend to have those effects. And Mm so in, in, in in questioning that and putting that information out to the universe, I wanted a clear answer. I came across this and he, he, this person totally goes into the targeted individuals and how, you know, they're being used. The, The targeted individuals are usually like a higher vibing, Type of person, and they're using targeted individuals as like a network, and they're using their abilities against them in a way. I thought that was fascinating.
1: Yeah, I haven't exactly felt targeted individual myself.
0: Neither have you know, I. Even
1: even going to all these expos, like that's when I've been the most paranoid. You know, my first couple of expos, I didn't know if I was going to come back alive. Especially going into these main downtown convention centers, like I would go to for AlienCon a few times. I was also, you know, pretty nervous the first time I went to conscious life in L.A. just because that's going into the belly of the beast Mm. and standing up on a stage and giving a lecture being putting you're really putting yourself out there. You know, if anyone wants to target you like there is the opportunity and really not too much. And I think a lot of this is because of the Trump administration that the Trump administration is the whole reason why I started this whole project to begin with the deep state mapping project, because I felt since he had sort of endorsed conspiracies on his campaign trail, gone on the Alex Jones show, that there was some kind of like a door that had been opened, that there was a sort of a guarantee that you wouldn't be targeted, at least by his goons, his goon squad, including the CIA and you know, the normal agencies that would target people, you know, the agencies that targeted Bill Cooper, that led to his death eventually, and other conspiracy theorists in the past that have claimed to be targeted. And I think the real people that get targeted are the ones who have been in the system somehow, either been in the government or been in the Masonic lodges, and then leave. Because what these groups really don't like are the turncoats. <laughs> and so, as someone who's always been an outsider, just an artist doing my own research on the side, I don't think I'm as high a priority for them. And I don't even know if they're still, you know, actively targeting people. I'm sure some people are being targeted. Like like I said, the ones that have been connected. But, you know, there's just so many Anons now, what QAnon has done is created the Anon army that, you know, who are they going to target, I guess they would target the generals of the army, but there aren't really generals, you know, and there's so many different QAnon accounts and channels that it will be hard to prioritize, like which one you want well, to get rid of. And if you start getting rid of all the channels,
0: then people are really going to know that they were putting out the truth. Well, that's where they're at right now. Probably, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, so I, listen, I think we're on to the truth here for sure. And when I find other high, highly tuned individuals that are able to process this very dark information and bring it to light and, and hold it in a loving space, I think this is, that's, that's the, this is the great awakening. That's what has to happen. And I think it's accelerating because that we're going into the light that much faster and the, the, the darkness is that much, that much faster being exposed. So I feel the same way. Um, at first, for years, I never talked about it because, you know, you don't want to be that guy that's targeted. You don't want to be the guy on the internet that's the kook that everybody is making fun of. But the the coronavirus blew it open for me because I knew the 16-year plan, you know, I knew a lot of these things were on the back burner or were still in in the process of happening, Trump or not. And so I kind of knew that their agenda was depopulation. It was only a matter of time before some kind of thing was released, if it was true. And when coronavirus was starting to happen. I'm like, oh, this is it. You know, like at, at first I thought, well, maybe this is going to kill us all or kill half the people. You know, maybe they pre-programmed us with the Avengers and the, uh, the snap that gets rid of half the people. But mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't that way. And uh, I started, that's when I got into Q and I said, you know what, maybe this is all true. We can talk about these things now and not feel so bad about it because everything that we've talked about over the past, t- since 9-11, it's all coming to the surface now. And it's amazing. So I guess let's start from the beginning. Why did you decide to, in your terms, uh, you, 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 call, you call the first map a hyper sigil?
1: Yeah. I just was putting out what I knew, uh, trying to organize it really for myself. And I had started the Deep State Mapping Project several months earlier. I started it the day of the inauguration and really was inspired by that women's march to put out an artwork of... Some, ideas for signs that I felt would be better slogans to protest than what they were protesting. So I thought a lot of what they were protesting was really trivial. And I was just inspired by the vision of a real protest in Washington, DC protesting all these conspiracies and psyops and black ops for the past 50 years that aren't even in our history books. So that's where the idea started. And Throughout that whole year, I worked on just a couple diagrams because it was sort of I have several different art projects that are either in the idea stage or, you know, a couple developments. And so that's kind of where it was for the first year up until QAnon. And I really had no prospects of it ever being in a gallery and didn't know really where it was going. And so once QAnon started, I just started another piece like under this umbrella of the idea of doing sort of conspiracy-related diagrams. That were sort of inspired by declassified documents in the beginning, like that was one of the early inspirations, and th- there was a few other types of artworks in the project as well. Like I was thinking about doing portraits of different presidents with different slants on them or whatnot, but you know these information diagrams is what eventually took off, and so that's what I've really focused on. And uh, so I worked on the Q, the original Q webs, what I call it. Some people call it the Q map, but I worked on that uh, for about a month and a half, you know, starting in mid-November. When the QAnon information really started piling up and I wanted a way to keep it organized for myself in my own mind and then decided to bring it all the way back into like ancient aliens territory which QAnon hadn't gone into at all but so it really was my own thing you know a lot of people associate or try to associate deep state mapping projects like exclusively with QAnon and it's definitely um, been involved like there's been an interchange of ideas between DSMP and QAnon but it is in no way like hundred percent QAnon based, like most QAnon channels and accounts are really just, you know, going through the posts reading the posts, interpreting the posts, and really not doing too much of their own digging. Um, I might be generalizing some there, but this, this is how a lot of QAnon channels are. Some of them are doing a much better job of, you know, taking the prerogative to go do and get some of their own research, but, um, I think that Deep State Mapping Project and myself really go far beyond what QAnon has put out there. I mean, even our latest diagram, the Ashtar timeline is pretty much like light years away from anything QAnon has even come close to. So I'm, I'm trying to do my own thing. Um, I definitely support the ideas that Trump has put forward. But at the end of the day, I don't
0: 100% trust him. So I'm the, I'm the same way. I, I'm always leaving that door open uh, to the possibility that he's potentially under the control of the bankers you know what i mean so there's that theory floating around that we're my, all
1: gonna... my fear right now is that he really is genuine but that you know he might not have the ultimate power to get this plan done you know we've been waiting for these durham arrests for so long and we all thought something was going to come with like ag Barr or the mueller thing and it's just like we keep getting disappointed but it's, it's it partially keep... the mainstream media what they choose to put in the spotlight but you know, we really haven't seen the ultimate QAnon vision yet. And I'm still hoping that happens. But I'm wondering well, if, if anyone's even cooperating with
0: Trump. You know who keeps me hopeful? And I listen to it every day. It's probably the best. And I've, I think you've mentioned it too, is X22.
1: Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> that's,
0: I think that's, would you agree? Is that probably the best Q resource on a on a pretty re- regular basis?
1: Definitely. And it's not just Q. Like why, why I like X22 is because he's been a financial analyst for, decades before QAnon. I went back to the his earliest videos on that channel and he was talking about, you know, the financial collapse during Obama and Bush. And so now to see him still talking about financial stuff, but with a very optimistic perspective, that gives me hope that someone who's been in it this long. And I think that the ultimate battle behind QAnon has a lot to do with this bank war, you know, the war against the Federal Reserve and yeah, I think switching to the top central of the banking system. So I think that that is one of the main things behind the scenes that really no one is talking about. I mean, a couple things have come out about the Fed moves into the Treasury like during coronavirus, but these are, you know, not mainstream news. That's the, that's the thing. It's
0: like I keep telling people that don't listen to the X-22 report. I'm like, hey, look, guys, don't worry. All right. Trump has taken the Fed into the Treasury and they are sinking it and we're going to go into... Nisera, Jisera, and I have to explain all these things to people and they're like, you're full of shit. None of this is on the news. You're crazy. <laughs> but I believe it. I think it's true. I think it's happening.
1: Yeah, the Nasara Jisera topic has become so hot lately and it's like the only thing that, it's our most popular topic on the our New New Templars YouTube channel. Like that one video has the most views and I'm, I have actually searched for Jisera on YouTube recently and there are so many videos, there's a whole bunch of financial channels devoted exclusively to it. It's not just X-22. And you know I don't want to follow every financial channel that's like purely financial, but there are so many channels that are starting to talk about, you know, the idea of a currency reset and ideas that look like Nasara and Jasara. And it might not actually be called Nasara or Jasara, but even talking about instituting a universal basic income might be the modern day manifestation of what we're calling Nassara, even if the government might not call it the same thing.
0: Well, as long as we get rid of the Fed, um, I I think I'd be almost happy with anything else um, besides the system we're in right now, this uh, printing fiat currency system.
1: Well, not the Chinese social credit system.
0: <laughs> oh, no, no. Because that's right, what you're it right. seems like oh, they no. want. Now, now, let me ask you this. You think that's the home of the deep state there, China?
1: Uh, I think it's definitely a deep state model city or model country. Like they've really turned their people into almost like robotic drones for the most part. And seeing how the social credit system works, you know, seeing the video camera footage with AI and the boxes around people's faces that, you know, tell you what they're feeling, like what the emotion on the face is saying, combined with their, you know, credit score and everything in, in live action. That is really scary and uh, it definitely seems like that's exactly what they're trying to build in the United States. And you know, one of the things that I've seen happen since coronavirus is this expansion of the surveillance state and seeing all these new video cameras put up on the highways and in random places. And I'm just like, what does this have to do with the virus and the lockdown? Because <laughs> I mean, unless it really seems like Alex Jones was on point calling it prison planet because they're trying to literally turn the entire society into some kind of prison. And it's like, well, what the fuck did we do wrong? <laughs> Nothing. And I don't, no one wants that. So I don't know. I mean, the Democrats, I guess, are just confused in terms of voting for more of that type of totalitarian fascist stuff. I mean, Antifa is completely a contradiction. The fact that they're saying that they're anti-fascist when they're on the side of the people who are pushing the most fascist agenda so we've got some major cognitive dissonance going on, or just some major people being misled.
0: Yeah, well, major sleepiness, uh, lots of people sleeping and lots of people keeping them in their sleep. Um, now the Q web, was that, was that in an art gallery?
1: Uh, it was in the, the, what do you call it? The the book that went with the exhibit for the Met. So the one, there are two curators one wanted it in the exhibit, the other one didn't. And then this was all leading up to September. And then in August, all that news about QAnon came out and the Met was like, whoa, we can't touch this thing with a <laughs> 10-foot pole. And so it's almost a miracle that it even still got in the, books ex- the book of the ex- exhibition, but it was not in the actual exhibition. So it hasn't been in actually any gallery yet. So still waiting for that call to <laughs> contact me to say, you know, we want the full DSMP gallery exhibition.
0: This is ma- it's a massive red pill. Uh, just the, just the one poster and you've got other ones so you've got you started with the q web. now the difference between the q key and the q web is the is the q web the one that is just black and white and then the key is the one that's colored correct okay because i was looking for the i was trying to find the the q web one i'm like oh no they're just the same one and i actually I, I thought i liked the the plain one better but when you understand the color key this is a lot more easier to understand
1: the color key one is definitely easier for newcomers because you can see how it's laid out a lot easier but once you understand how it's laid out, it really doesn't matter which one you're looking at. And in terms of aesthetic, it's like whatever you really, actually, I think that the monotone one might actually be more aesthetically pleasing in terms of like what's gonna look good.
0: I think so on the In wall. terms of yeah. art,
1: yeah, you yeah. Can just get the, like the solid blue one or the antique beige one. And then once you know the layout, it's actually pretty easy to find stuff because whatever you're looking for, you know the time period, so you jump to that sort of elevation on the chart and then you can just find it pretty easily to see either what's around it or the date or the spelling. And that's why it's really convenient for people. It's really like a, a cheat code to the entire hidden history of humanity.
0: For sure. Now, the, the big thing that really fascinated with me once I started digging into you was, I'm big into the adrenochrome and the human trafficking and trying to understand that. I think with the banking, there's two things they're really trying to protect. They're obviously protecting their fiat currency system and the banking. I also think they're protecting a worldwide web of human trafficking and uh, their little death cult. So the cult of ball or bail, as you would say, how did you go from the Q web to that?
1: So the cult of bail is actually an expansion of pretty much the first quarter of the Q web diagram. So it's the period from ancient Egypt through to the Federal Reserve. And this was the period on the Q Web that I was the least clear about when I made the Q Web. I was very familiar with a lot of the conspiracies from the 20th century, but I was really curious as to how we got to this point. And I knew that the Fed was a really important point. I knew a few things from the past, um, you know, a few things about Egypt, stuff that we've seen on ancient aliens, but I had some really major questions like my main question about that whole period was where did the Vatican come from? And so I was digging into it and that's a very hard question to answer. And in my research, I discovered for the first time in my life, the Jesuits, which I had never even really heard of before. It's pretty shocking to think about that, but you know, not everyone's heard of these groups before. A lot of people hadn't even heard of Freemasonry before yeah, recently. Very,
0: very, few, very few people actually understand what these institutions actually are on their surface, let alone their higher levels of hidden interiors. So for sure, I think this beautifully lays it out. It starts with the Canaanites, the Pharaohs, Babylon, which then leads to Rome and Judea, which leads to the Vatican. And then from the Vatican, you've got the Templars. Now here's an interesting one. I've heard you talk about this in in interviews, the Khazars, the Khazarian empire, Mm -hmm. the 13th tribe of Israel.
1: Yep. Not a lot of people know about that. And any in-depth discussion of that will easily get labeled anti-Semitic by yes. the mainstream media. But it's really it's not, not. It's, it's not. Just history you haven't heard of. And then the one thing that's kind of missing from that cult of Bail map that I didn't know at the time is Tartaria. And I'm yes. not sure if Tartaria would be considered cult of Bale. I feel like they might have actually gone in a more positive direction. But it's a big piece of the puzzle. That's
0: so are they hidden history? What's the deal with Tartaria?
1: it's hidden history. And I don't think anyone really knows the extent of the hidden history, but it was a huge country that took up almost the entire Asian continent. I think at its peak, the 15, 1600s, maybe 14 to 1600s. And there, no one really knows exactly how much technology they had, how much influence they had across the entire world. Um, there's definitely some theories that contradict others. <laughs> there's a Russian uh, historian and mathematician, Anthony Fomenko, who has really in-depth theories on it and a lot of other things in history saying you know all our history is basically like jumbled and mixed up and i've heard of theories ranging from that every state capitol building in the united states is actually from a previous civilization now some people would say that was tartaria uh, some people might say that it's something even older like something more like atlantean civilization so that's a big question and it's definitely if you look at these state capitol buildings in every single city across the entire world, not even in America, like in Australia, all over the world, the state capitals are this very specific type of architecture, that it's not completely clear how they could have built these things, like in the 1850s, when they say they built them, you know, without having engines, oil, cranes, forklifts, you know, just using horses, pulling stones, it's a little bit uh, stretches your imagination. So, there is definitely some big questions still in history that I don't have answers to, but you know Tartaria is a part of the puzzle. And I think it's really interesting that Tartaria has come into the consciousness of so many, I'll call them conspiracy theorists, but you know, let's just say truth seekers since the Trump administration. And I think that the timing of this is not just coincidental, that it has to do with the great awakening and a bigger part of humanity, at least seeking to discover our true history.
0: Now, in your research of Tartary, did you come ac- across flying carpets at all? Because I, I came across that and I'm like, is this real? Is it, am I, real? Did you come <laughs> I across have that? not exactly come across that now. Okay. I mean, I feel like that
1: would be more like an ancient Persian history, but, but who am I to say?
0: <laughs> well, I, exactly. Um, I was a historian uh, in my undergrad, and uh, what I learned right off the bat was. And it's true today. And it's just as true as today as it was then every fake news, all the history I was reading was just a bunch of fake news. It was written by the winners or it was yellow journalism. And it was just like they have today, fake news. And it was easily, easily more controlled then than now because, you know, you didn't have the internet. So uh, history is fake news.
1: Yeah. We'd really have to get into the Vatican archives to really know exactly at least not even, you wouldn't even know exactly what happened. Cause when I was researching the Khazars, there's pretty much two accounts of them. And they're both by their enemies. There was accounts from like Georgians, who's a country nearby. And I think accounts from another country off to the, uh, the West. And so, you know, these are both their enemies. They're both giving them like, you know, portraying them as very dark, evil people. And so probably both those depictions are a little bit biased. And, you know, there might've been good and bad Khazars, but it's, it's a piece of the puzzle.
0: Yeah. Now on the cult of ball, map, we're going from the Templars and the Khazars to Switzerland. Now this is where this blew my head open. I started to research on your cult of ball page there. You've got links and articles where you did all the research and all this. One of, one of the, this one blew my mind. 10 reasons why Switzerland is the home of the CIA. I, I, I couldn't believe this. You know, we, we think Langley, Virginia is, but no Langley, according to this article is just like a, a satellite, uh, Uh, it's like they're America takes the blame for everything that is happening in Switzerland. I couldn't believe that. I'm like, and it makes so much sense, right? Since Switzerland has been peaceful for 500 years, you've got the armies of Hitler and Napoleon, all these great battles going on. Nobody touches them. It makes total sense that they're running the whole operation, central intelligence agency. It's right in the middle of Europe. I couldn't believe that.
1: It does definitely seem like that to me. And, that article you mentioned, I'm really glad that link still works because some of those links on the Cult of Bill bibliography page have definitely been disabled. I think one of my really good links to, about the Jesuits is already disabled, but I'm glad that that one still works. The 10 Reasons Why Switzerland's the Home of the CIA, and then the YouTube video called The Pharaoh Show made by Sean Ross, who has a few different channels, Gayuri, Chats of Frats, and the Central Intelligence Agency is the name of his actual channel is another one. Uh, He has a few really good documentaries he's made about Switzerland and he is like ground crew there walking all over Europe as a sort of like a hitchhiker vagabond type character somehow also doing YouTube videos, but it's a little bit strange, but appreciate his work. And uh, the Pharaoh show that YouTube video will really give you the full spiel on why Switzerland is so important, their history, who they really are, how they're connected to the pharaohs of Egypt, surprisingly, and obviously the Templars as well. And the other really good one that he's done is called Octagon Empire of Darkness, I believe. Both the Between those two documentaries, you will understand very quickly the importance of Switzerland and all of this. And that's a topic that will get your YouTube feed cut, like no one wants that to become a topic on the table. And I I knew before, I always knew that Geneva was very important in the bigger scheme of things that these international organizations such as the UN, the WHO, the IMF, that these were central and how the world was being manipulated and, you know, why America was almost no longer even really a sovereign country at that stage in the game. And when I, when I watched those videos about Switzerland, I really understood a lot deeper why, you know, it's not just these um, agencies and organizations decided to be located in Geneva randomly. No, it's like this whole country has been central in orchestrating what seems like almost every war for several hundred years. Right.
0: Well, as a, like I said, as a historian who didn't have certain pieces of the puzzle, Knowing what had gone on in Europe for, I mean, because I studied medieval and up to the age of enlightenment, even revolutionary war history. And I'm like, wait a minute, this, this is like the piece of the puzzle. I never, I could never understand. It's like it's 10 reasons here. Switzerland is located in central Europe. Switzerland is the only neutral nation on earth. Switzerland is the only sovereign nation on earth. Switzerland is home to the onyx interception system. Now what's that? Do you know what that is? Um, not offhand. Okay. Switzerland is home of the Holy See i.e. the holy CIA. Switzerland, I've I heard you talk about this one, so maybe you can give me some insight here. Switzerland is home to the Bank for International Settlements, the BIS.
1: That's definitely true, yeah. the In Basel, Switzerland,
0: the central bank of central banks. Hmm. Okay, so that's what that is. That's the central bank of central banks, okay. So there's so many reasons here. So yeah, you, should, you guys need to go on his page while these links are still up. And by the way, neither one of us are suicidal. We're very healthy individuals. <laughs> I feel like we can talk about this because when I saw the Q stuff I said well Hillary's going down so I can talk about this now they're not going to they're not going to do the wet works on me so I can talk about it that's why I feel confident now being so vocal about it seeing people like you who really do you, you really are out there because i've even
1: ran into some swiss people at my expos like there was a really creepy seemed like probably rich government swiss guy that came up to my booth and was <laughs> kind of like giving me this weird eyeball and he was like you're on to something <laughs> i was like oh okay thanks like don't fucking kill me
0: well dude that's what's crazy about this i was i have a note here i got all kinds of notes that my, my notes look like your map by the way i'm trying as i talk here because i've got them written all over the page funny i'm just trying to cross them out so i can see what i've talked about and what i haven't talked about but in general, my, one of the biggest takeaways for me was the effectiveness of one person, all right? You did all this by yourself, right? Pretty much.
1: Uh, pretty much. I've had a little bit of help here and there where, where I put out a question or consulted someone specifically, but you know, no one really, really gave me the impetus like make this map next other than you know, m- my own guidance and downloads, spiritual guidance from my higher self and spirit guides.
0: Right. So that's, that's the next area I want to kind of go into, which is another, I think, and this has been a topic for me, knowing that the Great Awakening is happening and nothing can stop it, that there's this parallel between this 5G versus this 5D. And I've heard you talk about this too, where it's like the lower entities, the lower vibration, the, this, the, the alternate timeline is trying to install this grid of 5G and, and coronavirus. And at, this, and, and at the parallel same time, we are ascending into 5D. And I've heard you talk about that a little bit. So I know you're also a big um, opponent of 5G. I'm not obviously not a proponent of it. I'm kind of in the middle because I've heard so many things that like maybe Trump is putting Kofefe in the uh, 5G. Have you heard that? Like they're putting up the 5G in the USA, but it's the good 5G. I
1: definitely heard that, but there was really never any evidence for it. Uh, You know, the 5G thing has kind of scared me for a long time, because when I lived in New York, I had an experience where I was on a ninth floor. And after living there for about two years, I realized that on top of the eighth floor of the adjacent building, there was a whole installation of 4G cell phone towers that were literally probably like 10 meters from my bed. Mm. And, you know, I was having some health issues at the time, like definitely some allergy symptoms, like really bad eczema. And that really freaked me out. And so from that point on, I was, I knew what a cell phone tower looked like, because I didn't even know before that. And so from that point on, I was very conscious of my proximity to them. You know, when I picked my next apartment in New York, I I made sure that there wasn't one like right outside the window. But then I started becoming more aware that, well, gee, every single person in this building has a Wi Fi router. And I started becoming more aware of Wi Fi. And, you know, I didn't never really felt like you know, this Wi-Fi is preventing me from sleeping or, you know, doing this or that or causing these symptoms, but just being aware of it, you know, looking at the research and seeing that there were some scientists out there saying that any type of these EMF frequencies could be bad for your health. So that got me maybe a little bit paranoid, but I think a little bit of paranoia can go a long way in um, preventing you from getting cancer or something like that. So I was just really aware of it and you know hearing about 5G, hearing it's going to be what 10 or 60 times more powerful than 4G, um, I feel like that should be enough to scare anyone who is you know at all concerned about getting cancer or you know living a long healthy life, especially considering what your proximity to these transmitters might be. So it has been pretty horrifying since coronavirus to see these towers in rapid deployment. Um, I'm thankful I don't have any of like the bucket style ones near me, but I've, I've really been kind of hibernating in my house most of this time since February. I mean, I've gone out some, but uh, I don't really see like the full scope of the layout sometimes. And I actually was just out two days ago. I actually no, just yesterday in a part of town I don't always go to, but I was dr- sort of driving around. I had a few hours to kill and I was trying to find somewhere to park. And, you know, I was noticing more of these towers, like all over the place and different types of towers, you know, even being someone who researches it a lot, I still see stuff that I'm like, well, what the hell is that? Because <laughs> like, they're not, they don't all look the same. There's all different types of stuff that you see. And you're just like, what the hell is that? Like, is it safe for me to be here? And, you know, we started seeing them at every four-way intersection. There's these little like plates pointed at you when you're the first one at the stoplight. And you're like, oh, hi, <laughs> like, what are you doing to me? So I was trying to kill two hours yesterday, just driving around and parked at a few different places. And like, I would park in these places and just start feeling almost like kind of dizzy. And, you know, it might've been because I didn't get much sleep, but a part of me was like, am I, is this whole area like wired up 5G out? And I'm like really feeling like weird because of it. And I don't know, I mean, I ended up going to Best Buy and killing a few hours there, but it's, it's freaky. and. We, we really would like to know, like, is this 5G really gonna be unhealthy, healthy, neutral? is it depend on the tower? I mean, something I've thought about a lot is, literally it could depend on a tower and even one tower could be healthy one day if, if they have it on a certain frequency or a certain volume. And then the next day, you know, they decide to turn it up really high and everyone in the area starts getting COVID, you know? <laughs> like, who knows? And, you know, whatever happened in New York during COVID when supposedly all those people were dying, um, that could have been biological,
0: that could have been 5G towers getting cranked up all of a sudden. But that's a really good parallel for talking about your COVID map, because in looking at it, it's basically reaffirmed what I thought was going on, which was the seed of the deep state, China, the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And you've got the WHO, the FDA, the CDC. These are all deep state organizations and you've got gates tied into it too. And what you have here is a COVID 5G novel bio AI weapon. So the theory is, as they would roll this out, this is my theory, this is what I w- was trying to understand. that Every time they would roll out 5G, you would have a- outbreaks of coronavirus. So it wasn't really a virus, it was 5G causing people to get sick. Would, would you agree with that?
1: I think that's a possibility, and I, I think it's also a possibility that there is actual a, a virus in play, like a bioweapon in play, but just the fact that some of the most uh, sophisticated reports that I've heard about coronavirus and what it does to the body in terms of causing like blood clotting and coagulation and oxygen depletion and the, sim- or the symptoms of when you have to go to the hospital, sometimes our people are literally turning blue and it's like that level of oxygen depletion, almost like they have altitude sickness, that, that actually sounds a lot like what people were warning 5G would do, that 5G has the same sort of effects of blood clumping, um, low oxygen, oxygen disruption. And so I'm not saying that it's the exact same cause for both, but it's very coincidental that it's like this exact same spectrum of symptoms. And it could be a little bit of both. You know, maybe it is two completely different things that have the exact same spectrum of symptoms. That's definitely possible. But just that fact alone should raise our red flags and raise our concern. And the fact that the media has just been completely dismissive, like hasn't discussed 5G at all since the rollout of it. And, you know, when I was researching that COVID 5G map, I was looking up 5G like a million times, obviously. And the main thing I was finding was a ton of articles from a previous year, the last year, 2008 or 2019, of all these different cities and districts protesting of the rollout of 5G in their area. And, you know, all of these articles were sort of like inconclusive in the end. And then it sort of just drops off and everyone stopped talking about it. And then we have the COVID thing that completely takes over the news. So I had a little bit of burst of articles about how the London or the England people were like burning down their towers, their 5G towers for a little while. And that's kind of died out too. So it's just very concerning and interesting. And I hope one day we'll really know what happened with covid and yeah, it's it's M5. hard
0: to, it's really hard because you you look at your poster here and it's just so many things and one of the most interesting ones is you got a, a direct line down that says it's a smoke screen for the 5g rollout that's the covid 5g is a it's a smoke screen and i thought i thought that too i think the coronavirus is about the deep state making a play at the election meaning they're not going to be able to do anything else outside of a war and they're not going to do that and or they can't do that because the patriots are in control and so this is all they can do they can release something from china which trump stopped to a degree by shutting the borders down so they they they, 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 they didn't get their narrative to go the way they wanted meaning they didn't infect enough people but they've still controlled the media and they have black male politicians and politicians that are in on it that are going to play the game and because of that you have what we have now the past seven months which is just insanity half the states are like like florida is like we're not having it we don't believe that we, we want to get back to business and then you got deeply left states like california which are completely shut down and then another interesting thing you it was it was on one of your memes and i think you deleted this meme but it was an interesting concept that I, it was an interesting concept that I, that I think is going on that nobody's reporting on which is an exotic weapon war between the u.s and china that's what
1: i was about to mention yeah That, you know, it's weird, COVID started almost the same day as we signed that trade deal with China, the the new Trump trade deal with China, part one, COVID started. And there's been so much, you know, first people were saying that COVID was a bioweapon from China against the U.S. And then we saw the U.S. or we saw all these flooding in China, the whole city of Wuhan flooded. And to me, that, that rang as that the U.S. is using weather warfare on China. And then we see these hurricanes in the U.S. and all these fires in California. And, you know, that rings as maybe China's doing weather warfare on us. And, you know, with the whole connection between COVID and 5G, that alone could be a combination of, I guess you would call it like cyber warfare, electronic warfare being used as EMF warfare. So if we have these 5G towers, if we've programmed them to be, you know, not harmful for the USA, We need to make sure that Chinese people couldn't hack in, Chinese hackers couldn't hack in and use that 5G tower as a weapon. And that's going to take some really advanced cybersecurity to ensure that it's literally hack-proof. Because this is the kind of thing that, you know, if, if a country is trying to do harm to another country, that's going to be the easiest way to do it. You know, you're not going to have to send in an army of troops anymore if they have these 5G towers that are essentially, you know, laser guns pointed at everywhere every city, every population, you know, it might be easier to electronically hack in and use those as a weapon, as opposed to conventional military means. And there's just a lot of stuff in the realm of exotic warfare that the mainstream media doesn't ever consider as even a possibility when it's a completely real possibility. I mean, the fact that we've seen Space Force roll out, and that dude at the Pentagon recently said that Russia and China do have DEW weapons in space. And that was like a one-time article. media did that. Nope. The media, didn't, yeah. nope, didn't, the media didn't look into it, didn't say, hmm, I wonder if any of these fires could possibly be connected to that. It's like, nope, that's climate change.
0: Yeah, it's climate change and it's, it, and it's also uh, arsonist. But I am totally a believer in the directed energy weapons and they're being used and deployed against us. And I think we have our own as well. So Definitely. And we've had them longer than Space Force. <laughs> let's switch to a little bit actually you know what before we switch to some higher vibing topics i want to continue a little bit with one of the most interesting things about the q key for me is you've got lines all over it that go sometimes way across the poster to a completely different area and i've been listening to some of your interviews and to hear some of these um explanations of how they're connected is mind-blowing so i went through the map today and I, again, I, I listened to a few interviews, but what I try to do is, you have a lot of interviews, so anybody that is like super interested in you, you've got a treasure trove after this interview to go dig. But uh, I wanted to ask you some of these questions about, like, the, the one that set me off in terms of like I need to inve- investigate this map, as I heard an interview, and if you could explain the c- connection between Joan Benet, and there's a line that goes to Lockheed, Lockheed Martin, you know, the plane company, for the people mm-hmm. that don't know, what's the connection between Joan Benet Ramsey and Lockheed? The
1: connection there was her father and her father was working at Lockheed Martin at the time. And I think in some kind of a transition role, like either getting a promotion or leaving, I I forget exactly, but it's something to do with her father was definitely working with them and that her death happened around the time of a big transition for him with that company. And to me, it felt a little bit like it might be some kind of like a sacrifice ritual.
0: That's what I, yeah, that was like amazing. And then I saw another line that connected her to Pizzagate. So that, that makes That's sense. That's an easy one. Yeah. Do you believe that uh, that picture with her and Ghislaine Maxwell is real or doctored?
1: Uh, I have no idea about that, to be honest. There's probably a lot of women that have that type of short black haircut, but you never know. Yeah. I, yeah if, if her father's working with Lockheed, I mean, you're, you're going to be surprised how many of these elites are interconnected in different ways. And I've actually been talking to some people I knew formerly from the fashion industry in New York from school that even worked with higher level fashion industry people than I did. And we were both realizing that people that we were pretty closely connected with, like, might be very strongly connected themselves to this just Lane Maxwell circle, the Epstein circle, ultimately the cult of Bale. Um, you know, the higher you get in the fashion industry, I actually lived across the street from Anna Wintour. Wow. And I don't know if that's going to mean anything to anyone if they know who she is. Oh yeah. It
0: means a lot to me. That's Kanye. Kanye worships her and she's the you know, she's the queen of the fashion world.
1: She's pretty much the queen of the fashion world. Yeah. And it was a quiet little street on Sullivan street. And I only saw her walking in and out a couple of times with golf clubs. Like I never saw like people in red robes holding candles in her house or anything. I don't think she would do that at that location either, but uh, these people are definitely involved in some very dark stuff. And You know, we were all went into fashion thinking if you have talent, you're going to be able to start your own brand and do whatever you want. And it ended up being it all depends on who you know, not only who you know, but you know who your family is connected to is who gets to have their their own fashion brand and surprise not surprisingly, the people who do get to have their own brands aren't usually the most talented ones. And so that's, that's why you I, have these egomaniacs at the top of every company <laughs>
0: that, that's what i've learned with hollywood looking at it i'm like you know there's tons of talented people that get passive in hollywood and i think the reason is they weren't born into it or they weren't willing to make the sacrifice needed to get to that level of success and then you've got the ones that are there like the rock who are marginally talented <laughs> and they're in every movie and they're you know the front page and he's doing that he's doing the the biden endorsement in the blueberry uh, outfit the other day so Mm-hmm. You know, he's made the sacrifice. So I don't want to spend too much time on that. I don't want to keep looking at these arrows here. So another interesting one for me was, what's the connection between Prometheus and John D. Rockefeller?
1: Well, the big connection there is that there's a huge Prometheus sculpture in a Rockefeller Center in New York. Ah, so there's obviously some level of worship going on. I mean, these that. people claim to be Christians, I'm, I'm pretty sure. And, you know, they feel... they. You know, continue the tradition of Greek sculptures, including the mythology. So that's just showing that they have um, spirituality that is occulted, which means
0: hidden. Right. Me and you, I think, have a very, very similar take on Stanley Kubrick, the moon landings—that they were real. That Sorry. One other thing I'll
1: say about Prometheus before we go on is that that archetype is actually parallel to Lucifer, Loki. It's on the energy map. It's like the one who who gave enlightenment to humanity. So he has a deity um, archetypes
0: that are parallel to several that are well-known occult figures. Thank you for tying that in because that is true. He is the light bearer as well. Um, So the next one was Stanley Kubrick. And before I got into the connection on the map here, I I do, I did listen to an interview where you talked about your moon theories. And I think they're very similar to mine, which we, we we went, And we couldn't show what really happened, which is why we had the filmed footage. So it was faked, but it was real at the same time. Uh, I do think you're a a believer in the secret space program, right? And the the USAPs and all that. Oh, yes. Yeah. So you think that there's a a public space program and a private space program? Yes, I would say so. (laughs) Cool. So my next question is, because I'm a big Stanley Kubrick fan, this caught my eye. You've got Dream Steel. I didn't even know what that was. I had to look that up. And then it's connected to the Monolith in 2001. So why don't you tell me what the Dream Steel is, in your opinion? So the Dream Steel ties
1: into some of the theories of how ancient Egypt is connected to Freemasonry, and this really important pharaoh Akhenaten, who founded the religion Atenism which is pretty much the original model for monotheism. I think it was the first real monotheistic religion that's been documented in the civilization of humanity. And the dreams to steal was, I believe erected by his grandfather, possibly great grandfather that was almost like the original idea for the religion that he created a few generations later. It's, the, the the pharaoh tutmosis for i'm gonna say <laughs> i'm pulling up a lot of memory here you know i don't i'm not <laughs> i'm
0: impressed but that.
1: yeah tutmosis um supposedly had been driving out the hyksos and he had this fell asleep near noon on the sphinx and had a dream basically where like the a monotheistic god contacted contacted him or he saw all the egyptian gods like merge into one and so he created this steel which is basically uh, I guess for Westerners, I would describe it as like a tombstone, but more as like to document a historical event. You know, a lot of these steels were made in in memory of victories in battle. And this one was kind of more of like a spiritual steel. And they put this steel right between the feet of the Sphinx. And so to have this, um, you know, it's almost like a tablet of God, really. It's like I would compare it to those tablets that Moses brought down from mount sinai that it's a a tablet that's like a vision of god and i was always really drawn to the sphinx like for some reason i found the sphinx to be like one of the most mysterious things in the world and i had heard some you know whispers on ancient aliens that it's really tens of thousands of years older than people say it is
0: it's a lion's head not a not a pharaoh's head
1: yeah that it was originally a different head on it
0: constellation leo
1: So, yeah, I've always just found the Sphinx really intriguing. So to find out, I didn't even know that that steel was there in between his legs. I
0: didn't know it either until I I saw that. I said, what the hell is a dream steel? Yeah,
1: it's really interesting. It looks
0: looks like the monolith on 2001, except it's not black.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I wouldn't say there's like a direct connection to that monolith, but... (laughs) It's it's a similar kind of concept that this steel ended up being planted on the planet, you know, by a pharaoh. It didn't come from outer space, or maybe the idea did come from outer space. but
0: Well, the, that, and, and a monotheistic religion and monolithic monolith. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's a good point, yeah. Well, I, I, th- I, th- I thought that's where you were going with it. I'm like, <laughs> monolithic, mono, uh, you know, the, the one God religion, so thanks for clearing See, that up. There,
1: there's stuff on the q web that makes sense that like i hadn't even thought of yet that's why it's it really has like almost like a five-dimensional aspect to it that i realize that there's things that are adjacent to each other that have these weird connections that make total sense that i didn't
0: even think of and so it's almost like it was guided by a higher power it really it really is well that's you know one thing i've understood on psychedelics is there's hidden layers there's illuminated layers there's all kinds of dimensionality of things that you can't sometimes consciously understand, but it's perfect. And God's made it that way. And it's just for you to unravel. And I, as the more I look at this, th- that's proven true. So I couldn't believe that. I'm like, wow, that looks like the monolith. I didn't, I didn't even know it. I did not know that thing even existed between the uh, the legs or, or the feet of the the Sphinx. So that was a new one. for me. Yeah, it's
1: interesting. And it's, you know, if you, if you read the translation of what's actually on it, well, half of it's missing, because it's been, you know, sandblasted off over the years. But it really takes a, a astute anal, a analyst to really explain what this deal is actually saying. But it is pretty much the foundation of the Atenist religion, Atenism.
0: So switching gears here, I'm going to still, I'm still on the topic of these arrows. The next one I found fascinating was the Khazars, the 13th tribe, and then he's got a long arrow to the Rothschild bank. Are they the Khazars?
1: That's what everyone says. <laughs> <laughs> everyone says that the Rothschilds are the Khazars. That you know, there's the Akhenazi a- Ak- Jews and the Khazarian Jews, and the Akhenazis were like the original Hebrews, and the Khazars were the ones who converted, who were this more like warlike. Um, Mongolian, like Attila the Hun derived peoples and that all these banking Jews came from that sort of bloodline. Right. That explains it. So thanks for clearing that up. Not that and I mean, that's, this is history where I'm not 100% on it, um, but that's what they say. And, you know, the book to read about that is literally called The 13th Tribe. Yes. By I think Arthur someone... But you can look that up. People will say it's completely anti Semitic, but it's just like you're not allowed to say anything about these people. So,
0: well, exactly. And <laughs> I'm not, I think when you talk about something, if you can come from a space of truth and love, which we are, we're not about. I, I tell people like this look, not all Jews are Zionists, and not all Zionists are Jews. Okay. Let's just, you know, so you don't, not every Jew is some banker or, you know, some, some person that is uh, out to get you. They're just regular people, Um, and there's all kinds of non-Jews that are Zionists that are drinking babies' blood. Yeah, I mean,
1: the whole Bush administration was seemed pretty Zionist with their war in the Middle East, and my whole thing, you know, there's a lot of conspiracy theorists like kind of fall on the recourse of like the Jews are running the world. But you know, if you look at the Q web, what I've really the conclusion I've come to is that the reason why the Vatican is top and center is because it really is top and center in the importance and hierarchy of who is controlling all of this. And for me, it is a toss up between the Vatican and the Swiss. And then there is a question of these Asian factions, the dragon families in China. I'm not sure if the Vatican would be higher or lower than them in terms of hierarchy. I I mean, I'm sure sure if you asked each of them, if you asked the dragon families, they'd say that they're higher.
0: If you asked the Vatican, they'd say that they're higher. I I think you nailed it. I think the Vatican is the oldest living control, control structure left on the planet. I think so, too. <laughs> and, and then Switzerland is an offshoot of that, you know, meaning that they are Rome's bitch in a way, even though they are the central intelligence agency. Now, another thing that people don't know about, and I don't even know about it, are the Black Popes and that, that whole situation. I, I don't even know where to begin with that. So I don't even know if we should, we, we should even talk about that because it's a, a rabbit hole for maybe another time.
1: Well, it's not that complicated. It's just that the white Pope's the head of the Vatican. The Jesuits are this sort of like shadow army of the Vatican. It's like the CIA of the Vatican and that the black Pope is the head of the Jesuits. He's the Jesuit superior general. And so there's a power struggle between the white Pope and the black Pope and different times in history that, you know, one has taken over the other in terms of power. And I'm not sure, you know, I guess now we do have a Jesuit Pope. So the black Pope and the white Pope have been combined into one role, theoretically. I mean, the, the white Pope is not actually, there is a different black Pope at the moment that's the leader of the Jesuits. So it's very hard to say. <laughs> the roles are constantly shifting. And, you know,
0: so do you think the black Pope and the white Pope goes into that whole thing of like, uh, you know, like Freemasonry and the checkerboard and, the, and the, the pillars and all that stuff? Do you think that that's part of that, uh, the, the duality?
1: I hadn't thought of it like that, but maybe so. <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of symbolism in Freemasonry. And I go through phases where like I have this moment of clarity. I'm like, oh, I understand the two pillars like perfectly. And then I kind of forget. So, I mean, I could explain it more, but I, I'm not.
0: It's very mysterious. And there's a lot of different interpretations. Well, that's the thing. I, tonight... We'll just—I want to—I want to cover as much of your stuff in general that we can cover and hit the hit my points of interest that you haven't talked about, hopefully in other interviews, and uh, get everybody just a nice, a deep, but uh, not too deep, uh, view on what, what you do. But but the next one is the Holocaust. and you got to arrow to the Swiss Banking Act of 1934. What happened with the Swiss Banking Act of 1934?
1: The Swiss banking act of 1934 really set up Switzerland as the way we, a lot of people think of it as today as this sort of banking um, legal haven where they set up the possibility for people to do what we consider illegal banking in Switzerland ah. for the elites in America to do illegal banking. And that um, a big sort of part of the Holocaust was transferring all the wealth from the people that they were putting in concentration camps to Switzerland and these like shadow bank accounts that I guess, I mean, the, they would be owned by Germans. I'm not exactly who sure who would be owning those bank accounts, probably the Nazi parties, but that they hid the money in Switzerland and that the Swiss were complicit with it. And right. that they, you know, they didn't suffer any repercussions for that. They weren't part of the Nuremberg trials uh, for you know, holding, being the bankers for all this illegally
0: stolen money. Now the CIA, of course not. Mm -mm. um let's see here so here's another one that this is a recent one i think and this was what caught my attention during the quarantine which is like nobody else was seeing this but you would see the earthquakes going on that were not um natural you'd see almost man-made wave forms Mm -hmm. you know they say oh this earthquake's not a, a naturally occurring one this is made by a bomb or something you've got the mystery booms you've got deep underground military bases and you've got a long line to mystery booms. And I think that's what we're talking about, right? All these booms we were having over the course of the quarantine? Or am I, I thinking, are you talking about something? Yes,
1: definitely. And good job following that long line. <laughs> but there's been several mystery booms. I mean, I've stopped keeping track of them. It's just like I, I am still taking notes on everything that's happening. I have one note file that is the continuation of the Q web, and I have another note file that is called the Trump era Q web. And I document everything. I'm definitely going to do a Trump term one Q web that is, you know, sort of very similar to the Q web, but events that I would consider, you know, of maximum import- importance to understand this hidden timeline of what has continued since the the first Q web ended. And the mystery and boobs is a part of that. And so this is one of the things that like I would be documenting for the for that next Q web. But it's just gotten to be too many of them. And I mean, most recently, I remember I think there was ones like near london and ones in like new jersey which that's you know not on the fault
0: line for sure
1: um you know well, there that was... was the
0: thing you, you you'd line them up with places that were on maps and you'd be like there's a deep underground military base here or there was one actually that was close to area 51 during the quarter. yeah
1: the ones in china lake in nevada which is a big naval base apparently that whole china lake naval base was pretty much destroyed
0: it's crazy and th- there was no mainstream media reportage on any of these no
1: we talked about that on new templars i remember because some of the other new templars live very close by and they're like well what happened like were there casualties they even talked to people who worked there and i'm pretty sure there were some casualties and it just wasn't really reported
0: yeah i had people on instagram sending me videos of smoke coming out of the ground and i had people that were saying that they were knowing people in the military that were giving them in- just small bits of intel saying that these things were actually happening so I, you know, the hard part is the mainstream media is not going to report on it. And so you, you want to tell somebody who's asleep and they're like, no, if the mainstream media isn't it, it's not true. And those people, it's hard to get through. But uh, I mean, at a certain amount of time, it's like, how many quinces do you need? I mean, before it becomes obvious, and you have to wake up to it. But I could not believe how many booms were happening over the quarantine. I mean, it was unbelievable.
1: Yeah, that was 7 four nineteen. I just looked up my Trump era Q web notes. 7419 was that China Lake earthquake and then followed shortly thereafter by a huge flooding in DC. It's just when you, when, I can't wait to do this Trump era, term one era queue web because it's just like my notes. I'm even missing a lot on my notes, but even just what I have, it paints this picture of like clearly a shadow war going on with exotic weapons.
0: For sure. I totally, totally agree. Do you think our, do you think we've got uh, alien friends in the skies helping us out or on the ground here with us? Oh, yes. Yes, I do believe that. I have to believe that to, to, to maintain hope. <laughs> okay, hold that thought. We're going to go into the higher consciousness channeling stuff in just a minute. I'm still working on these lines here. I got some good lines left. So my next one is, I found this, is I'm, I'm a, I'm, I've always been obsessed with uh, 9-11, like every good conspiracy theorist. What's the Saudi, the Saudi purge and then the 9-11 tower sacrifice? They're, they're connected by a line.
1: Ah, uh, the Saudi purge is what started happening in the beginning of QAnon. I'm trying to see that line. I'm not exactly seeing it, but oh, this. Well, the Saudi. Oh, I see. That's a long line. <laughs> that's another one of the long lines. That's
0: the thing. I, I I was looking for the. I was let me see what these long lines because that yeah. means they far. They're, there's a long. There's a long connection in time or in subject matter.
1: Yeah. Well. The, there's definitely that Saudi element in 9 11. I mean, anyone who's researched 9 11 or read a book knows about um, the 28 missing pages that were ex- excised from the 9 11 Commission report, which apparently, I mean, I haven't read the 28 missing pages because I think no one has, but it's pretty much known that it was drawing very strong connections between Saudi Arabia and 9 11. And I think Osama bin Laden was
0: Saudi. Correct? <laughs> right. But you know what here's the thing. Do you do you, do you do you think uh, Zionists did nine eleven or do you think uh, a bunch of Arab terrorists did it? I think they all kind of collaborated. Like I would call it the cult of Baal, that there
1: in the cult of Baal there are oh, Christian I, I get, I get Muslim you're going. Yeah. and Jewish factions, and that they all sort of collaborated. And I do believe that Mossad was very directly involved possibly with the demolition, but that uh well, I don't. You know, there's all different theories that if if there were hijackers or not, if there were hologram planes, not all the theories line up with each other. So I'm not going to say I believe one or the other. But uh, there was definitely some planning by Osama bin Laden and um, these uh, Al Qaeda factions in terms of 9/11. Now m- maybe it was all just planned on paper and people trained, and then
0: the, the, they, oh, they were brought
1: saying. off to the desert and shot in the head, and they right. used holograms and brought down the tower with explosives. But <laughs> I'm not going to say I know which part, like which percentage of the plan was actually executed by al-Qaeda factions versus Mossad. Right.
0: Very wise to be that way. I agree. Um, next one is, and I, I'm a big believer that we went to Iraq for a- ancient alien technology. You've got the Ziggurat of Ur Stargates connected to the Iraq invasion. What mm-hmm. is the Ziggurat of Ur Stargate?
1: Well, the ziggurat of Ur is an ancient structure in Iraq. It's a, a ziggurat in Iraq, which is kind of like a pyramid, but it's more like a, a temple than a pyramid. And there's photos of all these U.S. troops walking into it, and you know nobody really knows what they did in there. And I guess it's really pretty much a rumor that they access a Stargate and pretty much fulfilled the entire narrative of the movie Stargate 1994 while they were in there. But there's a lot of speculation. And just to mention that mega ritual right below it you know the mo- I've actually been thinking about this even more li- lately the fact that 911 with those two towers and even if you look at the whole layout of the world trade center complex like from an aerial view that it's basically set up like a huge masonic temple and so to have those two towers fall and then for them to build the third one is actually uh, fulfilling i guess the prophecy or the the vision held within a lot of classical Masonic artwork where you see two towers, a third tower in the distance. A lot of times there's like a ladder going up to the light and there's just so many Masonic connections in it that I'm sure you can find um, YouTube videos explaining how nine 11 was a Masonic mega ritual, but just, just to see how many Masonic ties there were in nine 11 is pretty staggering. The fact that we all watched that happen and didn't even think about, Masons until
0: many years later. Masons is such a hard topic to penetrate with people because they think, Oh, they're good. And, and and, and to a degree, I guess they are good within them themselves as an organization taking care of each other. But uh, at the high levels there's some dark shit. So the next one is the Las Vegas pyramid sacrifice. And I, I heard, I think another post you took down on Instagram, you talked about how that this is a totalitarian tiptoe towards a gun law but they failed in their execution and getting their lung, their gun law passed. So am I correct in assuming all those things there pretty much that the, they were trying to pass? Yeah. Away.
1: The Las Vegas pyramid sacrifice is still very mysterious to me. That's another one that has very Masonic undertones and the mainstream media. You wouldn't even know that this happened in front of the Luxor pyramid or that the Luxor pyramid has any kind of occult significance. But I realized that after the fact, <laughs> I watched a really interesting video by Bill Cooper, the author of Behold a Pale Horse, who I still consider to be almost like the forefather of modern conspiracy thought. And he went to the Luxor right after it was built and was really expertly explaining all of the occult and Egyptian symbolism in that hotel. And that is the same belief system held by the Illuminati and the people who built it. And that just really pulled it all together for me. And I actually went to Las Vegas in January, 2018, just because I felt drawn to sort of explore, try to figure out what happened, try to just like read the energy of the whole site. I mean, once I also had researched and heard that there were tunnels connecting the Luxor pyramid to area 51, that just piqued my interest even more. Whoa, whoa. And so I went there partially to find the entrance to the tunnel, but obviously, you know, didn't get too far with that. Um, But yeah, it's just, there's a lot. And the McCarran Airport right across the street from the site of the massacre, on the other side from the Luxor, has an airline service called Janet Airlines that does nothing but direct flights between Las Vegas and Area 51 for government employees. So all those things where I was just like, hmm, I really got to go here and explore. And I didn't really discover anything other than, you know, hearing some firsthand accounts from truthers there that there really was shootings happening all over the city that night. I I heard someone specifically who knew people who were involved in the shooting at the Bellagio that night. And it was just clearly a much bigger operation than one person. I mean, I think it was probably like hundreds of people involved in whatever happened. And the cover up is pretty impressive that they were able to, Cover up such a huge event, you know sh- a ton of shootings across a whole city that they pinned on one person, and dumb America believed it
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah well it, yeah, in a way it's not dumb america 's fault they have been put sl- they' have been lulled so deeply to sleep by the media that it 's almost impossible to break free unless you by the grace of God, take acid or have a a, a, a situation <laughs> that uh, you have an awakening and you can see the truth somehow or. Or somebody really brings it to you, like put your poster in front of their face and say, "Hey, man, look at this. How many coins is this? until it's, uh, you know, come on, wake up." Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean that's what I say. Yours is a big red pill, giant, just a huge red pill because okay, some of these things could be fake, but not all of them. Come on.
1: No, and what I've seen floating around Instagram most recently is a diagram made by some girl where it's uh inverse triangle oh, diagram I, I hate saying that one. I've seen it. which conspiracies are more based in fact and then which are completely just anti-semitic and detached from reality and yes the way she's arranged them just like makes absolutely no sense and <laughs> i w- i did comment but i try not to get agitated by things like that because there's so many people that do disagree and you know bring out anti-logic to try to prove their point but
0: I mean, I I think the logic was based on mainstream media logic, you know, meaning that this is a person that's only going to trust the official sources and it's going to be based on that.
1: Well, she had New World Order as something that was furthest detached from reality when the New World Order, that term, comes directly from George Bush's mouth in a State of the Union address. So how is that detached from reality? Well,
0: they don't dig as deep as we do, my friend. No, no. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to get out of the arrows, but there's one more little thing on the map here that caught my attention. I I just want to ask why. It's Steve Jobs, Apple 666. That was the price
1: of the very first Apple computer.
0: Oh, well, I didn't, I didn't know that. That's funny. Yeah, and I don't know.
1: Steve Jobs is a little bit of a mystery character to me because I do feel like Apple was almost like a more benevolent form of the early stages of AI and that Bill
0: Gates was always more like the darker form of it. I, I, I totally agree. And let me Interesting thing, if you—I f- I forget with the Snowden stuff and the and the, the 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 phone and the telecom companies signing on to the government programs for spying, they did not sign on. Apple did not sign on until Steve Jobs died.
1: Yeah, see, that makes a lot of sense to me. I think that his death early by cancer was orchestrated.
0: It was almost like a hit job. Ooh, I got goosebumps on that one, my friend. Ooh, <laughs> ooh, the spirit is speaking to me on that one, my friend. Wow. Because I was looking at that, and uh, I forget what the programs are called, that Snowden was uh, the prism or something, but the telecom companies all at once kind of joined, and then you've got a, like a long line on the, on the line, and then Apple comes in at 2011 right when Steve Jobs died. So I'm like, whoa. I'm like, he was holding them back. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I would say that seems accurate. Wow. Okay, so now let's oh, – Oh, since we're on the topic of like people that are kind of like gray characters – do you think Snowden's good or bad? Do you think he's a white hat that's actually working towards the truth? Or do you think he's somebody that is, you know, controlled by the deep state?
1: I would say bad. <laughs> Based on the fact that Hollywood made a movie about him to portray him almost like as a hero. Ah, good point. I, that, that's a red flag to me.
0: Okay. My next that pick- if he was a real
1: hero, that they wouldn't be making a movie um, deifying him like that. Interesting. That's a good, that's a very good point. Musk, do you think? But Elon at the was- end of the day, I don't know him. So I
0: don't want to judge people. Same. I, I'm the same way, but it's just like, yeah. you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to hero worship either. Somebody who's a, you know, a traitor or something. So no, like Next. Seth Rich, Seth Rich is the hero. <laughs> For
1: sure. P- true
0: patriot. And,
1: okay. I heard you ask about Elon
0: Musk. Yes.
1: Oh, this is a really tough one. I know it's very tough. I, for me, at the end of the day, I think he's just a, a, sort of like a front person, like a, a pretty face to put on this company that's doing different things. And I don't really think he would be like in control. He's more of like a figurehead. Like Zuckerberg and Facebook. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Like Zuckerberg and Facebook. So the,
0: so the thing with I was going into with Musk, and I don't know where I was getting this from, but that the government is trying to privatize space now so they can get around the regulations of the government. And so, by installing SpaceX more at NASA than actually NASA stuff, that they can get a lot, around a lot of regulatory things and government uh, looking into certain things. That was something I saw some the other day. That sounds
1: like a very intelligent assessment.
0: I I just want to know if he's a good guy or a bad guy. You know, he seems like the the thing is like though, I know that the transhuman agenda is really not for the human being in a in a in a really loving i don't think transhumanism is good just let me put it that way and he's a big proponent of it Mm -hmm. mark of the beast type technology his girlfriend is a transhumanist and their kids named after a robot so i love (laughs) the guy i want him to be good i want him to be like a hero for people but uh, i'm not so sure
1: yeah i think you know we can't be deceived by a a decent looking face and the fact he smoked weed on joe rogan like (laughs) like let's really look at his track record and definitely there's some very dark vibes from his girlfriend Grimes, like her most recent album I just discovered a couple of weeks ago. And it is so dark, dude. Like, <laughs> and the songs are catchy too. So it's kind of like a, a double-sided coin. But I was like, these songs are catchy, but I'm getting the darkest vibes ever. And I read some of the lyrics and it's like, uh, the, the first single, the main hook was You Feed Off, you feed off Hurting Me. And I'm just like, oh, creepy, (laughs) very arconic. There's a whole other song completely about transhumanism, AI worshiping computers. So yeah, I think that both the two of them are on a pretty dark path. But I'm not myself, I'm not completely anti-transhumanist. But with these tech companies of today, I wouldn't really trust them to put a chip in my head, but no, we've no way. already become partially yeah. transhumanist just with these iPhones, the way we use iPhones. And it's, well, that's the
0: thing. The iPhone is listening just, to me right now.
1: Yeah, they're just trying to get that technology closer and closer like into you, and they do that already with Bluetooth. When I see people wearing Bluetooth I, I, iPod headphones, it really creeps me out, and I, I understand that from just seeing them that – They've almost like sacrificed a bit of their soul, that they're not even fully in control, that they're part of this AI agenda, that they're being controlled by these headphones and the Bluetooth in their brain. And that's—I'm one of the i am one of the people that are most paranoid about that. And at the same time, I'm here saying that like I might want to get a chip in my head,
0: but <laughs> I—I I never—I I, I never want a chip in my head ever because I already know things can break. They can take control of the chip in my head. They can send stuff to the chip in my head. If I don't pay a bill or something, they can shut down the chip in my head. There's so many reasons not to have the chip in my head. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Not with the current tech companies.
0: Exactly. Um, so let's get into some more off the map questions for a little bit and some personal questions I just wanted to ask you, just as I thought you're an interesting person and I just wanted to know. So, all right. Uh, I looked into, and this, I guess we'll kind of start getting into the healing map because that's a fascinating one. I really. I looked at the healing map the other day for probably two hours and I wanted to ask you, have you ever floated in a float tank? No, I haven't. I, that's on my list of things I would like to do. Well, I'm going to have to find out. There's one near you that's open. I'm going to have to get you hooked up because I looked and I, on. I love this healing map and I guess I'll let you talk about it because you know more about it than I do, obviously. But basically it's this, it looks like a subway map. It looks like a giant subway map. And on one side you've got like all the bad medicine and big pharma and all these uh, I, I'll let you describe it. And on the other side, you got holistic medicine. And I was looking and looking and looking and looking. And you had all these treatments and fad diets and like alkaline and physical therapy and kratom and psychedelics and yoga, breathing. And I looked and looked and looked. You had everything in the world, but I could not find a float tank.
1: <laughs> I guess that would be good for what? Anxiety primarily?
0: PTSD, anxiety, depression, um, mental, physical, uh, spiritual. You're laying in a thousand pounds of Epsom salt. And you're getting that benefit of the magnesium. You're getting the mag, uh, the benefit of zero gravity and having the for the first time ever, your body be able to kind of shift back into a positionality of like holistic balance by virtue of you just the deepest relax- relaxation possible. So for me, it was like, wow, I'm like, this is one of these technologies that needs to be on the holistic medicine side. Um, so-
1: Yeah, it sounds like it would be a good one to add. And I actually just added it to my list. I mean, the healing web is- pretty much done. And when I add something to the healing web, it's not as easy as other diagrams because the lines are so complicated, but I could add that. Um, There's a couple other things I want to add, but you know, primarily the healing web is pretty tight. Like it's got almost everything, even some things where I'm like, wondering if it's on there. I'm like, I go and look and sometimes I can't find it at first, but then I finally find it. And I'm like, yes, I got it.
0: I know that's, <laughs> that's the thing. I mean, You've the... got to look and look and look and look. And like, I I like, shit, maybe I missed it. And I kept looking. I'm like, "Nope, it's not on this side at all. And it's then I looked not. on the bad side. I'm like, maybe you think it's bad. Maybe it's like on the big pharma side, but no, it wasn't on there.
1: No. There are actually more things on the back side When you look in like the index, it's the list format version of the diagram. I listed out more um, holistic remedies than, than there are on the front. Cause I had a little bit more space and leeway to do that, but it's not on the back either. So that's just something I didn't think of.
0: (laughs) So can you, if you don't mind, what's the genesis of this healing map? How did this come about? It really came from just a download one day. Like it was not on my list of
1: things I wanted to do at the time. I had finished the cult of bail map. Semi-recently. And I had ideas to do, like I said, like the Trump era one map, a deity chart, which was based on the cult of male map. It wasn't even on my list. And one day it was near Thanksgiving. I just di- woke up and did a whole pencil sketch of this entire thing, pretty much not every single term on it, but the general layout, like the, the conditions down the center the, yeah. on the left and holistic on the right. And I did this whole pencil layout of it. And it was just like, wow, like there it is.
0: <laughs> Well, for a, good, for, a good, for a good example, you've got, like you said, everything down the middle is like heart cancer, Alzheimer's, uh, digestion, thyroid, all the conditions, ADHD, autism, addiction, anxiety, I'll start with the anxiety. It's like right in the middle. It's yellow. This is where I would kind of put float tank because if you go to the right towards holistic, you got relaxation, sleep, ionic foot bath, breath work, um, saunas. I'm like, oh, floaty has got to be in there somewhere. And then on the other side, you've got like psychiatry and LSD and benzos and antidepressants and SSRIs. And it gets deeper and deeper and darker as you get further to the left side. And it, and it almost seems like it gets a little higher vibe as you go to the right, further to the right. Oh, for sure. That's how so, the whole thing's played out. So it's a very interesting thing. But you but then you get to the edges of it and it's like uh, like on the bottom right of the holistic side, you've got caution, fad diets, alkaline diets, urine drinking, uh, You know, advanced cities, witch doctors, cults, combo. Um, You know, proceed with caution on that side.
1: Very controversial for some people.
0: (laughs) And then on this side, you've got the same thing on the big pharma side, but it says useful. It says rare diseases, free health care, prosthetics, rehab, biopsies, autopsy, wheelchairs, crutches. Like these are things on the side of the big pharma that are good for you. Um, I guess useful. Yeah. Um, So this is poison control. Yeah. If you get bitten by a snake, you probably want to get big pharma's remedy, right? (laughs) Exactly. So love this map. Um, It's so dense and I'm not much of a.
1: But it is very subjective. Both those two sections you just mentioned were the most contentious sections when I first released it. I felt like when I released this diagram, everyone just gravitated on that caution and the holistic side. And we're like, oh, like "Um, homeopathy works. Cabo works. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, it is a little bit subjective, but I'm trying to give people the best advice in my, yeah. in my own opinion. Um, so sorry, but it's, and it's just, I changed that proceed with caution several times. Like at first it was saying like warning and then I just said proceed with caution because different things work for different people. And that's something that's really important to Well, understand. yeah, well, a lot of
0: these are placebos mm-hmm. um, and the, the, the placebos still work, but it is proceed with caution because if you don't believe it, it ain't going to work. Um, and
1: everyone has different personal biochemistry. I mean, I think there's definitely a tendency, even within Western medicine to just be like, Oh, all humans are the same. Like the one thing works oh, yeah. for one person. It's very different. Yeah. And it's different with your goals too. Like there was a huge argument over like the diet thing. If like, if vegan or carnivore or whatnot is the right one. And I think it really depends on your fitness goals and how fast you want to get to those goals and where you are at, at what stage in your life as well. I see ayahuasca. What, what other cofactor
0: conditions you have as well too. I see all kinds of psychedelics all over the side. We got some, obviously like the, the more man-made ones, the more um, like LSD, MDMA, stuff like that. They're on the big pharma side. Whereas on the other side, you've got ayahuasca, uh, kava, you know, na- natural things that grow on the ground versus things we've made in the lab. My personal question to you is, have, have you, what's your opinion on psychedelics? Have you done psychedelics?
1: I've done some like, uh, Pretty recently, I guess, like since this year, I've experimented more. Um, I did psilocybin for the first time last year. And then since this year, I've done DMT a couple times. And I, I had some, some good experiences and some bad experiences, um, not really psychological bad experiences, but with, with psilocybin, more just like stomachache experiences. And, you know, it depends what you get, to. I may, I'm very interested in trying ayahuasca for the first time. I'm looking forward to that.
0: (laughs) Do you have a, do you have a plan for that? Or are you just waiting for it to come to you when the time is right? I don't have a plan for it. No, I still haven't done that one either. But uh, one thing I would recommend, maybe you're, maybe you're not going to go this direction because you see maybe a little bit higher vibe than I am, but LSD is, I think something you might want to try one day if you haven't already.
1: I tried that in high school. Did you? Yeah. I I think I enjoyed it, but I, I would try that again under the right circumstances. And you know, DMT was definitely interesting. Uh, there was so much hype for it. And I, I know you've interviewed with um, 5D Awakening Consciousness recently and <laughs> that map like really put the screws to people to like try this DMT. And I tried it and, you know, it's cool. I think I, I haven't done... Did you break as, through? I don't think I broke through. I think I, I saw some stuff, but I didn't really do like a huge
0: dose of it to like break through. You would through. know if you broke through. Yeah, you did
1: <laughs> <laughs> I dabble, but I think... To me, it was very similar to shrooms and even similar to some meditation experiences I've had on just cannabis or even some, maybe even a couple of times, not on anything. Like I've had even some dream experiences that rivaled my DMT experience. That's
0: what I was thinking with you. I'm like, you, you're probably one of those guys that are so high vibe that you just, you can have the DMT experience by just breathing. You don't need the chemical uh, crutch. Sometimes. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) But I'm a big fan of the chemical crutch because sometimes you don't have time to breathe or you don't, you don't know how to get there without it. And it's nice to just wake you up. Well, fortunately for me, I guess we might talk about my
1: channeling a little bit later, but I started doing this breathing automatically, like when I was waking up in the morning and I would wake up after having these insanely vivid dreams, doing what I could tell was DMT breathing and getting downloads so that doesn't happen all the time for me it, re- it really only happened when it wanted to happen it's almost like the downloads wanted to come through at a certain time and I, I can't i don't control when i can get more of them necessarily i mean i could try to force it but the beautiful thing about my whole download experience and the or b codecs was that it really came naturally and i didn't force it and i didn't go to like um, channeling lessons. By, well, that's the thing. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I was, I was reading that and that's actually where I was going to go next, which was, this has been a nice long conversation, by the way. But, uh, so the automatic writing with the Orit b codex. So tell me, what is the Orit b codex? I looked at it at first, but I'm like, you know what? Uh, there's only so many things I can look at before I interview you. And some of these <laughs> things, uh, uh, some of these things are completely grounded in a reality that I've also studied. And then there's obviously the subjective reality of your channeling or your personal experiences, which, you know, I don't know about. So what is the orc B codex? Well, it
1: connects somewhat to your previous question because it actually started after my first psilocybin experience. And a little bit of it started during the psilocybin experience, but it really started the morning after that I had i written some notes the night of that I took psilocybin. It was actually the second time, but the first time I took it alone at home and a decent dose, so I could really, you know, be in my own mind. And experience it without um, trying to be socially acceptable in any way. And so that started getting downloads like that next morning and just was writing them out. And I didn't even know what automatic writing was before I did it. I just, you know, I knew I was having these like messages in my mind and I felt the need to write them and I did. And then that continued almost every morning for several months and it started getting more and more sparse sparse out as it went on, you know, maybe like only a couple a week or so. And then even more sparse out, maybe like one a month. And then since COVID, it's been like really kind of shut down, I think with just all the anxiety and the energy around yeah. and just really not knowing. I mean, before COVID, I was a, a lot more like, we're definitely on this positive timeline. Everything's going to be great. Like we're going to, I thought, you know, we'd be getting free energy released during this COVID thing, not during COVID, but in this time period. I thought um, it was in a way like my work was kind of following the narrative of the the global situation, in terms of you know the Q web first with all the different deep state war going on, and then the cult of Bill with people really realizing all the sat- Satanism behind the scenes, and then the healing web. I guess the healing web is actually connected to COVID more now that I think back on it. But you know after the healing web came the energy map, and so I thought sequence wise that the next big thing would be energy coming to the table and people starting to realize the possibilities within free energy and that actually coming to market eventually. But I guess we're a little bit further back on the timeline than I was hoping for. But yeah, so the ORT-B codex started then and it's it's pretty much tapered out now. I still get a download here and there, but I have the same, um, not the same one, but a similar notebook right next to my bed. I always keep it there with a pencil so that if I do have these downloads, I document them. And what's, what's it been more recently is that I'm really just documenting my dreams that are more interesting than usual. Um, you know, I've had dreams of Stargate, dreams of demons, all kinds of dreams. Dreams of, like, I'm looking to move right now and I've had some dreams of, like, different areas or different buildings, like, possibly my my settlement in the future, you know? And so that's sort of where the downloads have gone. Like, if you're familiar with they'll removes green pill map it's yeah that vein of like how to get off grid how to really construct um a little like community that's intentional and like what we want it to look like so that's kind of the direction my downloads have gone in and i'm not sure where they're gonna go in the future but you know i'm very grateful that i've i've been able to have that experience and that i've gotten some guidance and that i can still like if i really want to tap in and like ask a specific question and try to get an answer. I know I can, but a lot of the time I'm just more kind of like going with the flow, not trying to force anything. Nice.
0: Are you Pleiadian?
1: I think I would say I'm like three quarters Pleiadian,
0: <laughs> because I think that's one thing we have in common. Because people tell me that all the time. I don't even I don't even seek that information. I'm like, oh, you're Pleiadian, and we know I know you are. I can tell, I can see it in you. I'm like, okay, whatever. So um, I guess that leads me to the next stuff. So, with, with, with the well, conspiracy
1: ethnically, ethnically, I'll tell you, I am half Polish, one quarter English, and one quarter Lebanese. And so, I like to think that I'm like three quarters Pleiadian and possibly one quarter Anunnaki, whatever it's more like Middle Eastern type of star ah,
0: Interesting. Okay, so that's how that works. So, and I also
1: connect strongly with the mantids. That's something that's come up the past couple of years, is just this really strong. Um, connection to mantids both insectoid
0: and extraterrestrial so there's something there you need to smoke salvia divinorum if you want to, <laughs> if you want to connect with the bug people you need to smoke salvia you will connect right with the bug people and uh so my my issue with a lot of this stuff is i need to take this as somebody who is asleep and a full-on mainstream media and i need to convince them that this is real it's a little bit easier to do with um the conspiracy stuff because there are D-class documents, there are whistleblowers, there are events that have happened that we can prove, we can show people. Where it gets hard for me, although I still believe it, is when we get to the next topic, which is Ashtar timeline and light codes and um, extraterrestrials helping us out and channeled messages and stuff like that. So what is the Ashtar timeline poster?
1: The Ashtar timeline poster is a timeline of everyone who has channeled this extraterrestrial known as Ashtar, Lord Ashtar, Ashtar, Sharan. And Ashtar is something that I really hadn't done any research on, hadn't read a book, hadn't even really heard of it, but I started, I had seen a picture of Ashtar and it really resonated with me. And I, you know, I've seen pictures of a lot of different, what you would call like ascended masters pictures of Jesus, Mary, that you see like in little like spiritual shops as like little laminated cards or whatnot. And for some reason, the Ashtar one always really stood out to me. And, you know, eventually I did some research on him and found that according to channeling, that there's this hierarchy that goes above our planet that's very much connected to what Christians would consider the hierarchy in the Bible. Um, It's connected with Jesus there's a lot of references to God and Christian references in almost all Ashtar channelings, which I'm not really that into that necessarily because I've always been Christian, but I'm not really like a churchgoer Christian and, you know, sort of on the borderline of agnostic. But this Ashtar stuff was really interesting to me. And the more I looked into it, the more I resonated with it. And I looked into it even more after I started getting my own downloads and that, I realized that my downloads were sounding a lot like channelings other people had done of Ashtar. And so eventually I was like, okay, I'm pretty sure like I had to do some investigation and some soul searching, but eventually I was like, okay, I'm pretty sure I want to say that I'm getting these downloads from Ashtar. It was at least sounding the same or Ashtar's assistant, you know? And so that's kind of how that started. And then I met Veil Removed, who's another member of the new Templars, my YouTube channel. I met him at the first Conscious Life that I did in 2019 and found out from him that he had worked with this organization called the Phoenix Journals, which published channelings throughout the 80s and 90s for several, several years. It went all the way into the 2000s, actually, but that's when he worked for them in the 80s and 90s. And he was very familiar with all of these Ashtar channelings, channelings of St. Germain, Commander Hatton, and this whole sort of like pantheon of what you would call Ascended Masters. He was just very familiar with it, had read all of it, and ended up teaching me a lot about it. And we would have conversations on the phone for several months uh, with Deep Time, with the original New Templars before we were being a published channel, that we would just talk about all of this stuff and talk about world events, how world events would connect to these channel messages from the past, um, you know, what channel messages we were getting presently. And that's how the new Templars started. And that whole time I knew I wanted to do an Ashtar timeline just because it would be a very positive vibe map and that it would be a nice place to have a reference of all these different... I
0: thought that was really cool. It was like, yeah, like this whole amalgamation of the new age uh, stuff that that people have channeled. That's so cool. Yeah. And the Ashtar
1: timeline ended up being pretty much Ashtar slash Pleiadian timeline because several of the authors in the books on the Ashtar timeline aren't necessarily in reference to Ashtar but they're in reference to the Pleiadians in general. Like I would say Barbara Marciniak is the main one that comes to mind in terms of that, because she's actually the one that introduced me to Pleiadians. Like I hadn't even heard of Pleiadians before I read her book, The Teachings of the Pleiadians. And that really inspired me not to, um, like, I want to be a channeler, but it kind of taught me what channeling even was. And she channels in a very different way than I do. I mean, she does verbal channeling, which... I'm nowhere near that stage. And I think maybe like Bashar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But what I found out actually through researching other people who have channeled Ashtar is that a lot of them did get into it through automatic writing and almost like accidentally the way that I did. So it's definitely, I I still don't know if it's all just made up (laughs) like total nonsense, but I find it very intriguing. I find it to be somewhat plausible and it makes sense with reality and I think it had, it's just really good advice, even for just like in terms of morals and to understand what's going on in the world. Uh, if you look into the Phoenix journals, I mean, they were talking about this entire, the way the world works that QAnon has exposed that we all have come to understand is the actual way the world works. They were talking about this back in the 80s before even Bill Cooper had written Behold the Pale Horse. So where were they getting this information <laughs> except from a higher intelligence?
0: I'm, uh, uh, oh, I'm, totally open to it. I'm totally open to it because i've never channeled anything but well i actually have but it's been on lsd and i've channeled things that are alive people's moms that are alive people's friends it's like a trick i used to be able to do i would be able to channel something or somebody and the person doesn't even have to be dead where all of our energy is alive and present right now in this moment all everything is one and so when i'm on acid sometimes i can channel that energy alive or dead of a personality it's crazy so That's why I'm open to these things, because I've experienced them firsthand, although not, you know, chemically free. Nonetheless, it still happened to me. Um, I have a question from one of my followers. Uh, He wants to know, is Trump under the protection of the intergalactic alliance? If so, is he protected from the deep state?
1: I do believe he is. I think that that this whole election, I've even said before that I believe that the Pleiadians or the, the, the Galactics, we'll call them, possibly had a hand in. I hate to use the word rigging, but (laughs) a hand in assisting Trump in winning the 2016 election because it really did seem like a miracle. I mean, we had seen Bush cheat multiple times to win the election. I never really specifically knew that Obama cheated to win, but I mean, the people he was running against were deep state as well, so it didn't really matter.
0: But yeah, well, that was their their candidate. Um, But I
1: do believe that the 2016 election was some kind of a divine intervention. I do too,
0: because they did not expect her to lose. It was a 98% chance the night of that she was going to win yeah exactly <laughs> the fix was in they so they thought
1: and even today i mean i just voted today and like the way the, the voting system works it's just like i mean they say there's potential for fraud and mailing voting which i'm sure there is an even greater potential but you know i'm scanning this piece of paper through like a machine that doesn't even have my name on it, it doesn't even tell me that the machine registered it it's like this could be doing literally anything i mean i voted today almost just symbolically to say that this is the timeline I want, but I don't really have any expectation that my vote is counted or
0: anything like that. So I do encourage people to vote. <laughs> I do too. Please vote. It's the most important election of your life. Um, so the light codes are your downloads then, right? Is that what the light codes are?
1: Um, light codes are a little bit different as like light codes are the information coming in and then you like interpret them over a period of time or they could be instantaneous, but that's sort of like the physical mechanism of how a download comes in. Gotcha. So like but- the download is the message. The light code is the letter,
0: the piece of paper that the message is on. Oh, uh, okay. I, I, I think I get it. So Jesus is the head of the Ashtar command I was reading, right? Yes. That was good. I thought that that's accurate. So
1: these people who say that if I post something about Ashtar, there's always some fundamentalist Christians that say this is like demonic and that all aliens are demons. And I'm like, the entire mythology, if you want to call it a mythology, revolves around Jesus renaming himself as Sananda and being the
0: leader of Ashtar Command. So that argument doesn't really hold too much water. Well, that's what I always tell people I'm like, look. When you're talking to something, what, do you, who, what the hell do you know you're talking? Who could be a demon saying he's a good guy. You don't know. You know, I don't trust anybody. You think I'm going to trust some spirit that's telling me, hey, this is this or that. But if it's good information, though, and, it, and it's uh, if it bears the fruit of the spirit, is what I say, then it's okay. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm not one of those people that if, I, if you don't believe in Jesus, you're going to hell. I, I believe in the one, um, and Jesus is part of the one. So is that where you stand? I, I feel like you're a pretty strong light worker. Are you, like, a, a fundamentalist Christian or
1: not at all fundamentalist Christian. I, I
0: didn't think so, but I, I, you said you're a Christian.
1: I'm much more New Age, but I know that the New Age has many facets to it. There's not one central component of the New Age, which is really what differentiates it from Christianity, and that there has been very some dark factions that have claimed to be New Age, maybe even the most predominant ones. I'm not sure.
0: Like well, they always say that New Age is a psyop. I, you hear that a lot. It's a it's a distraction and a, in a, in a way, yeah. way away from the truth.
1: You do hear that a lot, and that like this other diagram that I just recreated, which was something made by a fundamentalist Christian around 1995 called the new world order, new age map was basically equating everything new age with everything new world order. And I think it's really far from that. I think the new world order is more just about atheism as opposed to new age. So I I wouldn't really conflate the two too much. Well, here's how
0: I look at the new world order. All right. The eye of Providence is Satan. The eye at the top of the Illuminati pyramid is Satan the, the person who controls, the, the entity that controls this realm that we call Earth is Satan. If you want to get on the airways, which are controlled by Satan, the music, the TV, the movies, you've got to play their game. And uh, I truly believe that this realm is controlled by satanic forces, the the demiurge, whatever, the, 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 the satanic AI. I don't know what you want to call it, but I do believe that to, to, to make it in this world, in the world of the people that are asleep, you have to... I don't know, worship Baphomet or, you know, the eye, but the eye is Satan. That's, that's my takeaway that the new world order, there's, there's Satanists. You know what I mean? That's, that's my takeaway. I would agree. They're a bunch of transhumanistic um, children eating uh, Satanists. <laughs>
1: Yeah, just to say it one more time, I don't think that the new world order is pushing new
0: age. I mean, if the, if the new er, world well, order is pushing I'll say new that, age. I'll say, they push it, I'll, I'll say they push it as a distraction, meaning if, if, if the new age stuff is taking you away from the truth of the light, which some of it does, then it's a distraction because it's, it's hindering your path to the truth. So in a way, you know what I mean? Like there's certain, there's certain teachings in Indian spirituality that's like, look, all this information is a waste of time. You just need to quiet your mind and realize the truth. Now, something like your poster or even 5D's poster, they can help you awaken to a point and then they become a distraction. If you're not, you know what I mean? If you get caught up in it, you could be worried about the new world order the rest of your life instead of meditating and getting into enlightenment. Mm-hmm. So, so in one respect, it's an awakening tool. And, and if you're not careful, it's like anything else It's two sides of the coin. The drugs can wake you up and they can also trap you. The poster can wake you up and it can also trap you, I think.
1: Yeah, that's why I'm really conscious of what I choose to work on next. And, you know, the Ashtar timeline was a very conscious choice in a positive direction. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what I'm going to do next. I mean, I didn't really want to do the COVID 5G map or the anti-mask flyer, but, you know, that's what I was guided to do. And it is, you know, it's pro-positive direction, even though it might be reflecting on what's dark in the present. But I definitely don't want to just focus on too much dark. I mean, I have some ideas to do like a satanic ritual abuse map, but
0: maybe I'm contradicting you're you're myself. One, you're, you're one person doing so much. The, the amount is on one map is I don't, I couldn't imagine doing one map and you've done like what, six or seven of these things now and they're extremely detailed. I mean, do you just spend all day long doing maps? Surprisingly, no. I mean, the maps are actually created
1: very rapidly compared to how complex they look. And then I spend months just following up on other stuff, customer orders, developing products based on the maps, uh, doing all kinds of other, I mean, honestly, I spent a lot of time on Instagram. (laughs) Uh, But even, I mean, since COVID, I've been spending even more time just um, preparing my own food, exercising, trying to take care of my body. And the maps come out very rapidly. Once once I start one, it's like I'm working on it feverishly until it's finished. And they're they're not exactly like long term projects. So they're maybe long term in the making, but then once I start, it's like hammer it out.
0: So we'll see what happens next. Are you a flat earther? No, I did not think so. Because <laughs> I, I, your your beliefs just don't make it happen. It's not possible. You can't have a secret space force or a secret space program if you've got a flat Earth plane where you can't go anywhere.
1: I would sooner be of like a matrix universal construct as opposed to flat Earth. Like that, it's all a simulation somehow. Well, like that's what hol- I say. a
0: holodeck type situation. I, that's exactly what I say. I say it's a realm. And if you go to the DMT realm, you'll understand exactly what I mean. You already understand it without going there, but um, break But I, I've
1: been there somewhat. Like I've been to what I would call 5D on DMT, and it's a beautiful thing but I'm not exactly sure how to
0: live there. <laughs> that's true, myself included. Um, I got a, just a few more questions. We've, we're running up on two hours here, which is perfect. I've gone gotten, I've gotten through all my notes. Um, I could have gone longer. There were so many other things, but I think this is a really good beginning course to your very dense. That's the thing. It's like I wanted people to have a taste tonight and then go exploring on their own with topics that excite them. You've got, the, you've got Q, you've got a whole Q map, you've got a whole coronavirus map, you've got a whole healing web with everything from big pharma to holistic medicine, everything in between. You've got, an, oh, the new one, I've, we didn't even talk about this one, the energy map. Now, this is the newest one you've worked on. This is a very fascinating, this is a different style. This is a circle. How about you explain it for me? You're much better at that than I am. The energy
1: map is a catalog of all different types of energy and all different types of energy technology. And it's also a chronological timeline, somewhat in terms of less sophisticated to more sophisticated, that would be going counterclockwise from 12 noon, is where it starts. So you start at 12 noon, and it's like the primordial forces of the universe, the forming of civilizations that are primitive, going into like a industrial era um, then sort of has a reset, which you know, we've talked about a little bit with Tartaria, the idea that civilization becomes advanced and then gets reset somehow, gets set back, has you know, a period of suppression by outside forces that are, well, in our civilization, it's basically the oil barons, you know, mm-hmm. ones that put a monopoly on energy and put everything through the funnel of their control. And then it goes into elemental energies. Sorry, I don't have a
0: short explanation of the energy map. Oh, no. It's, it's, well, I'm looking at it here. It's just you've got a big, it's a giant circle. And you've got everything This every happened kind
1: of at Conscious Life last year. I was trying to like explain it to people. And there's just no short explanation. I watched,
0: the, I watched that video actually. Yeah, the short yeah.
1: explanation is the first couple sentences I said. And, you know, it gets into the most advanced subatomic energies towards the end. Stuff that our science is just getting into. That yeah, you've got,
0: I'm just reading some ZPE plasma. Tachyon, scalar, wormhole, torsion, vacuum, Tesla, nuclear, uh, psychic energy, ether, time, gas, acoustic, wind. You've got an ohm symbol, water, hydroelectric, pyramid, obelisk, gravitation, nanotech.
1: Yeah, it's got uh, really almost everything. Everything,
0: yeah. chemical, Gaia, <laughs> God.
1: I was just reading an article on RT, I think yesterday, that we're talking about graphene as a source of energy, a source of a new type of power generation. And I was like, is that on the energy map? And yes, it was. It's in the nanotechnology section. So even some of those from like the nanotechnology are actually advanced types of energy that is becoming tangible reality in society today. And it's really only a matter of economics is why they can't roll out all of these different types of what would be considered free energy is that they have to maintain this power structure and they have to maintain control. I think the reason we don't have flying cars is because they wanna keep us on their grid of streets and they wanna be able to put up roadblocks when they wanna put up roadblocks and you know, coronavirus testing points when they wanna put up those. So it's, all, it's more political than it is technological in terms of the blockage that we're experiencing.
0: Awesome, man. Oh, just a few more questions here. JFK Jr., is he alive?
1: I'm gonna say, I'm not expecting that to happen. I wish, I so wish, but
0: <laughs> I so wish too. I mean, I,
1: I did not want I wanted that to be JFK in the debate with Kamala last night, and that's what everyone was saying that JFK is going to replace Pence right before the election, and I'm just like disappointed that didn't happen. But I was not expecting
0: it. Time's running out. Oh, that's a good uh, segue. So, um, clones. Now we Team Trump last night was doing pretty good until that fly landed on Pence's <laughs> head. Now if you look if you go back in time, you've got the fly landing on Obama, you've got the fly landing on Hillary, you've got the fly landing on uh, I can't remember but the fly and they don't touch it, it just lands on their face like they're a robot or they're a clone or something. If you watch Westworld, right? The rope, the flies land on the robots in Westworld and until she becomes conscious, they don't they have a they have a program inside of they're not allowed to hurt anything, even a fly but you know that she's become conscious because she slaps the fly, right? So my question Mm. is, do you believe in clones or robotoids or androids? Do you think maybe Pence or some of these other deep state characters could be clones or robots or androids or robotoids?
1: I definitely believe in all of those things, and I definitely believe that something is up with Pence. He seems totally robotoid to me. I'd say more robotoid than clone-like. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, because that's, that's one of those conspiracies where I'm like, wow, that's a super advanced I technology. said in my
1: um, New, New Templars analysis of the debate last night that Pence seems like the C-3PO to Trump's Luke
0: Skywalker. Uh yes. <laughs> I that's really like
1: point. that analogy.
0: So tell me about the New Templars uh, because that's the thing. I'm going to wrap it up here. So um, let me see if there's anything else. Uh, I, I won't get into the royalty. Maybe we'll talk another day about the, the queen and that, cause that's because that's another deep rabbit hole. But uh, I want to talk oh, yeah. now. I, I want to talk now about just what you got going on. What's the new Templars about? How long has that been going on?
1: The new Templars has been going on since the spring of last year. It is me and two other guys who are in California. That one of us is super knowledgeable on Pleiadians. The other one is just super knowledgeable on all of history in general. Very book smart, book smart on history and a marine background. And then there's me, who's the map maker. And between the three of us, we have you know, very educated opinions on a lot of different topics. And we just go at it, you know, it started as just casual conversations, like almost just like a hangout night. And we just said these conversations are too interesting to not record. So decided to share them with the public. And that created a lot more work for us, and a lot more pressure. But we've gotten to the point when we can really have these conversations and just feel really casual. And the, the live audiences really enjoys it and they participate too. And it's just a all around fun time. <laughs> and so sometimes we're live, sometimes we do a pre-recorded and go into one topic specifically. Some of them are more like current events and some topics are more of a timeless thing that you could watch, you know, for years and years to come and it always be relevant and it's, it's going well, you know, it hasn't grown quite as rapidly as I would hope, but tell people right now, new Templars on YouTube, go subscribe. We're looking into starting it on other platforms as well, in case it is YouTube that is really censoring us and inhibiting our growth, which I do think is the situation. Well, that's the thing. You're
0: you're talking about stuff
1: that you're probably not going to be able to monetize. Not on YouTube so much, (laughs) except some of our videos are surprisingly monetized that are on pretty controversial subjects, but you never know.
0: Right. Uh, Cool, man. So anything else you want to promote or talk about before we wrap it up? Definitely
1: want to promote
0: deepstatemappingproject.com. And first thing
1: I'll say is sign up for the newsletter because all these platforms are collapsing. And I just started a new newsletter with a Polish newsletter service, the same one that X22 uses. And the first few newsletters have gone really well. People have received them and it's working. So I'm really hoping that this newsletter will last. So sign up for my newsletter and then check out, you know, we got the posters are pretty much our bread and butter the Intel packets is the most popular thing we sell. is basically all our artworks on cardstock in an that's envelope.
0: What that, that's what I ordered. I wanted that's my little tasting starter pack. I'm going to get a poster because I do love having these posters. I got a 5D poster. I want yours. I want one of one of yours for sure. I, you got a you got a, the posters. I didn't even talk about it's not, You got the DARPA poster. I didn't even talk about that one. You got the Sephrot map a poster. Didn't even talk about that one. You're prolific, my friend. And you've done all this in, 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 in uh, three years, four years. How long is it? The totality of this project has been, what, three years? Started 2017. So, yeah, three years. Very. Pro- I don't think I could have got the, even the smallest poster you've done in three years done. So, congratulations. <laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> uh, do, do you smoke marijuana?
1: I'm on a October sober October right now, but right. typically
0: I do smoke marijuana. <laughs> me too. Me too. Are you a, do you, could you say yourself a heavy smoker or a light smoker? Light smoker. That's good. I, I you, yeah. you're, you're, you're too meticulous and put together <laughs> to be, I think a heavy smoker. Uh
1: yeah, I keep it light, and part of the reason I'm on Sober October is because if I start actually smoking with fire, it irritates my throat and my lungs, and then I get sick. And so I'm I'm taking a break because of that. But then once once I did a week off, I'm like, well, gee, like, what do I really need this for? And I'll go back to it eventually, but we'll see. That,
0: that's how I'm feeling right now. I'm I'm seven days in now, and it's been a rough because I've been a nonstop hardcore smoker for like ten years, and so for me to to to, to cut cold turkey like this has been. I haven't slept in like three days and it's it's one of those situations where I have all this energy but I'm exhausted and I don't want to eat but I'm starving so it's it's not uh, you know it's like Snoop Dogg level smoking unfortunately. Um, Yeah
1: well since COVID I got into a group of friends that we were doing mushrooms and molly and stuff like every weekend and it got to be a little bit overkill so I've kind of separated myself from them and then even gone as far as separate myself from the cannabis on my own. And it's just a phase, you know, it's for sure. It's good to go through fluctuations and not just always
0: escalate. So. (laughs) Well, Dylan, man, it's been an incredible talk. Uh, It was a smooth conversation. Uh, I I love where we got all these things in common. We, we, we basically believe in the same stuff, I think, and uh, we can handle these negative nasty things and bring them into the light and hold that space of love for people. So I, I thank you for doing that and holding a light out to the world. I mean, you want, you're one person. You've done so much. It's very prolific. Um, that's the, I think that's the big takeaway for me w- with you is one person really can. And that's why, yeah, I'm like, damn, this dude has got some balls putting, like, all this stuff out. Because here's the thing. Once it's on the Internet, it catches you're done. I mean you're done in a good way or a bad way, but you're out there and you're out there for good now as this guy that does the deep state mapping.
1: Yep. Well, it's my pleasure. And you know, I always wanted to have my own business. And what better way to have your own business than to be, you know, a truth advocate and trying to improve the world instead of just doing um, in fashion, I would be doing endless variations on like a kryptosine blouse. So this is really what I would rather be doing. Well, and thanks for hosting. You've been a great host. You th- well, did a thanks, lot of meticulous man. research. So thanks I for can... looking into my work.
0: Oh, I love, well, I love your work. It's like, well, your work makes me feel a lot less crazy. Your work um, certifies everything that I've believed in a way that so it makes me feel like I haven't wasted the last 20 years of my life on fairy tales, that these things were going on. And I, I, I think a lot of people, whether they realize it or not, they, they are awakened to a degree and they have been awakened, but they've been so uh, going against the current for so long that they feel like they're crazy or they're that this is just bullshit. And but they've been awake this whole time and it's been trying to convince a bunch of people that were asleep, you know, that uh, these things are true. And it's like, you know, how can you do that? So, yeah. thank the, you for making my work is that you
1: know, when you're trying to convince someone or make an argument to someone who's trapped in the matrix, it's a lot harder to hold up like a whole book and say, oh, you just have to understand this whole book as it is one piece of paper to say you know, we just need to understand this one piece of paper, and then we'll be on the same page on so many more topics. So they're accelerated learning tools. Like I said, they're hyper sigils. And I really want them to help people wake up others and accelerate the great awakening.
0: Well, you definitely are doing that massive balls on you, my friend, going against the deep state in such a public fashion um dylan it going back that, that's true it's, a, it's a, well that's the thing like i could i do it but i do it with jokes and so i kind of i play a little bit of a chicken shit relative to you you are just like you're serious here it is um take it for what it is and uh that's it so unbelievable work my friend well, I'm, thanks a lot brother been a fan for a while and i look forward to getting my stuff in the mail and talking about it more and i'm going to continue to post this kind of content but uh Guys out there that are listening, I'm probably going to deactivate for a few days because I don't know if you know this or not, but when you deactivate, it really helps you reset the thing. So Mm. I'm going to, once I get this interview out there and let people know that we've recorded tonight, guys, if I disappear for a few days, it's for the better of everybody. You need a break. I need a break. And uh, there's no point in posting right now when nobody's going to see it.
1: No. And I'm wondering if I should post all my memes. I already have a Tumblr, but I'm wondering if anyone will see it if I post all the stuff I deleted off Instagram onto Tumblr, we'll see. But if you look at DSMP official on Instagram right now, it is not the entire DSMP official. I'll guarantee that.
0: Yeah, I know. I was looking back at it. I'm like, well, some of these things are not here. They, they were the other day, but they're gone now. Nope, a lot of it's gone. 90%,
1: oh. I would say, from the past three years is gone.
0: Well, it's, I think it's a smart move to preserve your, your following, you know? especially that you're actually, I don't sell anything, but here's the thing. When I lost mine for a few days, I was like, Oh shit. Like I have, I have no way to tell anybody anything. Now I have a Facebook page and other pages, but they have like a couple thousand. Like Instagram is where I have the majority of my followers and I've been trying to get on YouTube and to diversify my following. But right now like like my following's on Instagram. If I lose that, I'm done.
1: Mm -hmm. I feel you. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So we gotta, we'll gotta, we we'll protect each other. We'll look out for each other. Lightworkers unite. All right, guys. Love you all. Dylan, thanks again, my friend. I'm going to end this right now. And uh, I'm going to end the recording, but I'm going to keep talking to you. So guys, take care of yourself. God bless. Talk to you soon. And let me stop the recording.